All right, folks, it's your favorite time of the year. And when I say it's your favorite time of the year, I mean, it's your favorite podcast every year. It's out of the rough golf podcast. And I'm Dave. I'm here with Clint and kid. Um, and we're talking about one of, and I, I'm not joking now, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. It just so happens to be at a course in the city I live in. Um, I'm talking about the Dell match play. Um, it's a WGC event. It's the only tournament of the year that is a match play tournament. If we're not counting the team events that aren't really part of the PGA tour season. Um, so it, 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 it's something special. It's something that we, we get, you know, once a year, you can say twice with the team events and, you know, I personally really love match play and it's at a great course, Austin country club, which just so happens to be a really good course for match play. Um, lots of cool holes out there. It's kind of the tail of the two nines. One's up in the hills. Another one's down by the lake or a river is what it really is. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, as I stated, one of my favorite um, tournaments of the year. Um, I've been to the tournament many times as a kid. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for it. Um, it gets me pumped up to play some golf and to watch some golf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are either of you boys going to be uh partaking this year are you going to be able to go see anything um i could probably go out there i'm going to see what ticket prices are looking like for maybe probably sunday just because that's my only day off i have um it i've been to sunday um a couple years back and uh there isn't a lot of golfers or a lot of matches being played generally you want to go on like you know a Wednesday or a Thursday when they're playing the uh, the first groups, the round robin groups, just because the most golf is being played those days, and you can walk around and see you know whoever you want, as opposed to being in uh, going on a Sunday where it's just really two group two groups playing, right? Yep. So, yeah, there's four golfers playing on the Sunday, but yeah, so. But yeah, that's my day off. So I may try to get out there depending on what I could get uh, a ticket at. What price usually um, every time I've been, it's always been a hookup of some sort. Someone has tickets or got them in some way, shape or form. So, Well, I know a guy who worked hand in hand with Dell for a long time. So if you need his name, number, I can get you hooked up. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. <laughs> He might be your dad. He might not. I don't even know. But yeah, I mean, a long time. That's how we got the tickets done. Um, kid with his last job hooked us up one year. Um, so I might be able yeah, to it's... come again this year, but it I haven't even asked yet. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got something a little bit new this year. Um, obviously, we've got our golf fantasy squad and kind of last second uh there was the idea to throw out a little bit of money um each and bet on some brackets yeah, so, so we got six brackets in from the league six of the ten uh teams in for a, a small amount of change and we're going to go through everyone's brackets here a little bit later in the pod um and you know winner that comes out with the most points from the pj tour bracket builder challenge um we'll take the whole pot it'll be a, it'll be a fun time you know, I'm looking at all the brackets right now across uh, my many monitors. And, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of, you know, people are mixing it up a little bit. We're seeing some some different kind of 
folks coming through to the end. You know, we got some, we got some mainstays making to the end, and we got some, some wild picks as well. You know, it's a good mix. I think it'll make for some interesting uh, podcasting. Uh, before we jump directly into the brackets, though, I'd love to talk about the people who are here and who aren't here. Um, most notably, uh, a one big golfer is back on the scene after a long hiatus, uh, either due to wrist injury <coughs> or other reasons who, who really knows for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, any words on Bryson DeChambeau being in the field, uh, for his first event back being match play in Austin? Um, I think that the course isn't a great fit for him, um, for one. Uh, for two, I don't think we can expect too much out of him because it is the first tournament back. Um, but I think he's trying to just shake the cobwebs off and see how he's playing before Augusta. You know, there's only a few tournaments before that. And I think, uh, you know, coming off the injury, trying to get some competitive reps in, I think that's kind of what he's thinking this week, not to mention it's guaranteed money showing up. Um, and <clears throat> that's right down his alleyway too, right? So yeah, I, I think he, he's definitely going to be a little bit of a moot point for this, uh, this week, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement with all that. I mean, he's, he's got to get some reps in getting, getting ready for Augusta. And I mean, like you said, kid, he's been a little MIA who knows why wrist injuries, if you will. Also, but, uh, also for, I think, if you're able to play in this tournament, you pretty much play in it. Like I was saying on the intro, like it's a match play tournament. They don't get to play match play a lot. I'm sure it's fun for a lot of guys. I know it's a lot of golf. Um, you're playing a lot of golf. If you, I mean, if you get through some, some rounds, so I know it's kind of taxing on the guys, at least I've heard them say that. And I can imagine, but uh, yeah, I think it's a tournament that if you have an invite to it uh, or you, you know, you qualify to be in it, I guess. Um, you're probably going to go, but do people do, you know, sit it out and don't go. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a long week, week of golf. I mean, you're playing a lot more golf than if you were playing a, a normal tour event, if you actually are playing decent golf and it's going a long way in the, in the matches and they don't end early. And then it's also kind of a tough walk as well. So lots of elevation change. Um, and if you're playing a lot of matches, like the week catches up to you pretty quick towards the end. So for Bryson, it's kind of like a, it's a catch 22. He gets to play a lot more golf and get the reps in as long as he gets pretty far in the process, but it's also kind of a lot of intensity immediately on his potential wrist injury that he may or may not have, um, to, to be playing as much golf too. So it'll be interesting to see how far he makes it. And, uh, I'm interested to see how he does because it has been a long time since we've seen him and uh yeah i think the last was the last time that we saw him was the match with Brooks. he went over to saudi i oh, think yeah. and then withdrew or something like that yeah so yeah, i think he's playing injured then yeah went and got yeah, his was- uh his he went and played a little bit of the first round or went through the first round or something and then collected his money for going over there showing up and then was on his on his way yeah um because he yeah, withdrew so I, from the tournament before that or withdrew at some one of the california swing spots too because of injury so it was probably like hey they're paying me a bunch of money might as well make the plane trip over there to make who knows you know probably in the six figures something like that and then uh fly on home because i'm injured 
can't can't finish the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think he'll be a big question mark this week, and we'll see what happens. But I think yeah, he hears the clock ticking with the Masters. I mean, I'd be interested to see if he plays. Is it the Valero that's next, or the Houston Open? There's no Houston Open right now, so. I don't know what's like after this. It might be Valero. It, it probably is Valero. Because that's what Speeth won right before the Masters, too. I think they maintain mm-hmm. the same schedule for that. But they've been shifting things around so much recently. Um, notable on the list of folks that aren't here, um, the boy Roy McIlroy. Uh, I think he's already spoken about this pre- on other podcasts, um, about how you know he's changing up his schedule coming into it to maybe get a week off after a long week in Florida and then playing the Valero right before the masters and then going to play the masters. So I, I'm not again, exercising any difference. He's been, he's been to the tournament many times and yeah, sorry. I just interrupted you. You can finish. No, I was just, I was just going to say like, he's just mixing it up, trying something different going into the masters, hoping to find better luck there. You know, I think his mind is on the career grand slam. That's all. That's all he wants. Yeah, of course. Um, and just side note, the Valero is, uh, is next weekend so okay um that, might be the that one is go the to, honestly you get spieth defending rory's gonna be in the field i might just say fuck match play let's go down to the valero baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd be um, down what i was gonna say is that rory has uh been to this tournament quite a bit and he hasn't really had a great record here so i can see why you know when you're rory mcelroy and you know money doesn't really matter and all you care about is the career grand slam. Like I can understand not yeah, going to a you... course where you haven't really had success at in the past and uh, kind of trying to fine tune your game and pick and choose the right tournaments to play before that. I can see, you know, not going to it, but uh, it's also not a very good course fit for him. You know, he's it's, not it's particularly okay. the best to... wedge player. He made it to um, semis uh, 2019 um, right before Tiger won the masters. Um, and then there was no 2019 was the year he won four times though. Right. And the players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was just playing hot golf, but, yeah. uh, 2020, there was none. And then he played, um, uh, 2021 and yeah, he didn't play spectacularly last year here. Um, and but I mean, Roy he did played, win it he played back in, in 2015. That, it wasn't here though. Yeah, back, yeah, it was, it, it was at, I think well, in seventeen right. is when it first came, and I think Jason Day won, and that. then D- Dustin Johnson, and then uh, mm-hmm. I know Kisner has a win in there. Horschel won last year. Um, yeah, Bubba. I think Bubba yes, Bubba, Bubba won, won in eighteen, and I think DJ was seventeen. But yeah, and Jason Day it must have been sixteen when it came then. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Rory hasn't been a guy that particularly stands out on this course at all to me. So, yeah, I think it's it's a cool course that's not very long, but still somehow manages to prevent itself from being bullied by long drivers of the golf ball. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just Pete Dye being a menace, um, mm-hmm. which you know you love to see. Um, just Pete Dye season, you know, with the players and and match play, you know, so close to one another. It's just it's the season of Pete. You love to see it. Um, Notably, Pete I didn't Moss. Um, the people, I was fingers crossed that someone was going to WD this week um, before it started. It looks like somebody did. I didn't notice who it was. Um, if someone can give me the answer to that, that'd be sweet. But Maverick McNeely got into the field, first alternate. Stoked that the boy made it into the field. Ah, 
Yes, the Maverick, they call him. Yeah, I got the Mav. This seems like a kind of course that's well suited for him. He strikes me as a grinder that would do well under match play. He strikes me as a match play guy. I, I, I got a good feeling about him um, that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll thrive in the round robin. I think he'll get some much needed reps in and uh, maybe he'll probably play Valero. Like he'll, he'll I think, probably thrive down there too. I think another reason why I really like this tournament and obviously you can't have this for every tournament, but like I've been there and walked the course so many times and I know the holes like from like angles on the actual course. Right. So it's like, it makes viewing on TV so much better that it's just not comparable to any other tournament. So I can only imagine like having to like having gone to uh, Augusta or just any course and seen a tournament before, like when you go and watch that tournament at home, like it makes it that much better. Do you feel like even about the me- Valero? Cause you've played that course versus ACC where you haven't even played it. The thing is I played it one time and like, I know the holes, but I don't know them as well as the ACC holes. So like, and, and I, and I, and I'd be lying if like, I don't really pay that close of attention to the Valero Texas open, to be honest, like travesty considering last year. Well, last year was a little different. Right. And, and I think you and I actually played before. <laughs> and I think you and I were actually playing golf on that Sunday. So we like, didn't really pay too much attention, but it was fucking raining like crazy at Falcon head. Remember that kid? And we were watching in the golf cart. Oh yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. But, but, you know, okay, so Dave and I are a bit biased because, one, we live in Austin, and, two, we've both walked that course numerous times, and it's kind of ingrained in our head, and it makes the viewing experience so much better. But, Clint, as someone who hasn't been to the course, at least I'm assuming you haven't been to the course, um, and doesn't have a certain allegiance to the Austin area, um, how is how is this tournament for you? Do you enjoy watching it? Is match play good for you? Do you like the course? You know, how is your viewing experience? No, I do. It's a combo. I uh... – I do like the course and I, I like match play because it, it does switch it up, you know, from, from just watching what we do all year long. But, um, I, to Dave's point, you know, you've got, you've got part of it in the Hills, you've got part of it along the lake. And, and I mean, it's, I mean, living in Austin, you can, you can know Austin's just a, a really cool, city i mean granted there's a lot of dope courses on the pga tour but um like you said it's a little bit closer to home just uh a really really cool course and and it uh like you said it's not as long but it but it plays tough and um i think it's gonna as it always does make for some interesting golf to watch so uh i'm a fan yeah, for sure. I think it just finds a good, good way of equalizing the field. That it, it's not particularly a difficult that was what I was course. Say. It is. It, it finds a way to provide exciting birdies for match play. I think it's a really good match play course. I think it'd be pretty bad for metal play. But um, the great thing is, is that you can have guys like Kevin Kisner and Kevin Na that have had great success here, while simultaneously you've had guys like Dustin Johnson and John Rom play really well here too. So it's like, it doesn't mean that a bomber is going to win it or a, a sharpshooter like Webb Simpson or, or Kevin Kisner are going to win it. It just means that everyone's on kind of a level playing field, especially in match play that you can have a guy who's six, three two ten like Dustin Johnson playing against Kevin Kisner, who's what one fifty five soaking wet, like, and they could both be coming out, you know, one or the other, like that's a unique scenario on the, on the PGA tour, which that's, I think makes it that, so great. 
that's well that's in my opinion one of the things that make a good golf tournament in general is one that you know doesn't necessarily give a huge advantage to a certain type of golfer when it should be a, a tournament should be where everyone with their particular strengths should be able to compete on the golf course and if they're playing well that week should be able to have a chance to win the golf tournament not not only guys that hit it 340 350 yards every single time with their driver and you know are just murderous murderous men with their fucking long stick you know so and the ones um, that like people do want to get lashed at like kind of bite them in the ass like there's tons of people that go too heavy on their driver on some of those holes in the back nine or the the back nine for the the, the tournament and uh and just get bitten just pete died just fucking ruins them they end up being water balls or they get lulled into this bad angle because they try attacking number 12 like there's just so many cool holes out there that like yeah you could go for with driver if you want to but there are penalties that aren't worth taking it on and it can bite you in the ass and other guys where they don't even have that option that just have to hit a driver because it doesn't go very far like don't have to deal with those penalties it's 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 honestly i think a really great course that is managed to combat the modern technology pretty well and that just it's the same thing with the stadium course too is that like Pete Dye just is a he's a, just a phenomenal architect well and I'll be interested too um to see what the weather's gonna do for it I mean I don't <clears throat> I don't know how it's been down there I would I would guess uh pretty similar but up here in the Dallas area it's been super windy lately um so if it if it does end up being um pretty windy as as it has been for probably two weeks straight um i think it'll i think it'll make for even more interesting play and and just have to be uh just uh, even sharper than than normal i mean if if they're going to be tackling that which i mean i know that there's a lot of courses that they deal with that year round but um i mean at the same time like uh, it just it's always a factor whether whether or not they're good with it or not yeah, it's looking pretty it's looking pretty mellow. It's honestly going to be pretty prime conditions for them to attack the golf course. You know, today was the windy day with that tornado that came through. Um, and then uh, we, yeah, Wednesday. The thing is, like, with match play, it doesn't even matter that much what the weather's doing, right? You're playing your guy against you. Like, of course, we'd like to see, like, tough conditions. But at the same time, like, I'm totally fine with the birdie fest. Like you're watching the guys go against each other and whoever's playing the best golf on the course in front of them is going to get the win. And it's more like the course adds so much value to it, but like, you know, you're getting invested in the match. At least I do. Like you get invested in like the guys you're seeing to go head to head. So. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd like to see win to force better golf shots. Being a field. Sure. I agree. I'm just, my point was like to me it doesn't matter as much as it would a normal tournament because like on a 72 hole stroke play tournament like the wind or the conditions add up to usually however you know x amount of strokes depending on the, how hard the best it is golfer that day is going to win it but in match play like the two best ball flighters in the world could be in the same group and one of them has to go home exactly but, uh, you know, like I which said, could, though, could what would turn into a really awesome match to watch, though, if you have the two best ball fighters like, yeah, it could kind of fucking skew the fucking tournament. But like that match in particular, if you have the two best guys able to flight the ball, that's going to be an entertaining match to watch. Think of like think if it ended up being like two of the best iron guys 
in the I mean, think if think if Morikawa and, and John Rahm ended up head to head. I mean, that would be that would be nice. Um, I I'm trying to see there. I mean, there is a a possibility like that Morikawa and Rom could be going up in the end of it. The bracket works out that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I didn't put my bracket that way, but it would be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, as far as golf conditions go, those guys are going to get all green lights go. And Austin's going to be, it's going to be great spectator viewing. Cause I mean, every day it's sunny with medium winds or low winds, 71, 75 degrees, 81 degrees, 84 degrees. The weather is yeah, just going to be, be just awesome for people there. Classic Austin weather. It's, it's going to be a good time. And, uh, you know, without further ado, maybe we, uh, we hop into the brackets. Um, Let's dive in. Before we jump in completely, did you guys have any strategy going into this? Was there any overarching kind of themes that you were going toward, or did you just kind of go with a gut feeling whenever you looked at a group? I uh, I definitely did a bit of strategizing since. Love that word. Um, I uh, used a lot of our uh, pals over at Data Golf. Never met them, but I just said pals. Um, but yeah, um, used Data Golf a bit for this and figured out you know took took that into like i didn't go straight by the numbers but uh the numbers were influential went with my gut um went with some boys on my team you know that i got a rooting interest for um but yeah clint so i uh i did a lot more winging uh i was pretty much full wing on on this um literally didn't look at anything other than the bracket itself um i mean like looking at how my picks turned out uh i almost wish that i would have maybe taken a little bit of uh time to do that but the issue that i had was i didn't have the time so i just had to pick and go so it was uh it was a lot more gut um a lot less strategy and- I mean, a lot of the time it doesn't fucking matter, man. Like you can look at all the statistics you want in the world. And that's the crazy thing about match play is like it just, you know, whoever it, like someone random can win. Like there was it's one year where fucking possibly less, you know, who was that fucking guy that was he German or something? He beat Tiger and it ended up doing good that tournament and like uh, gun beer throat garden. or beer garden. Beer. There was there. Yeah. There yeah. We go. But I mean, like, look at last year. Who the fuck would have thought Billy Horschel would win? I mean, it's just, well, it's mean, anybody's game. And he's, that's the thing he's about the greatest ball flighter on tour <laughs> after the players. That's what he said to his caddy. That's so, amazing. You know, it was windy that year and he was flighting. The ball. <sighs> he, he might be able to pop into like Bryson and Patrick Reed territory with like freaking how douchey he is, but. You know, that's neither here nor there. I uh, I think that it'll be... So Clint uh, essentially went with the gut feeling winging it, went with uh, his instincts. I went more of an analytical, also a bit of gut instincts and heart into it. And uh, kid, what, what was your prep? Was there any prep or was it a, a, a just kind of look and shoot kind of deal? 
I think it would probably come as a surprise to most because I'm the kind of guy that builds spreadsheets for just about everything and is analytical to the nth degree. But I don't think Clint should be self-conscious about his choice because I also just gut feeling to everything probably 10, 15 minutes before this podcast went live. Um, Love it. Love it. You know, I, uh, I spent probably four or five minutes going through it. Um, you know, one person I didn't realize wasn't in the field that I, I did have standing out in my head and it might be a, a chalk pick considering how everything went a couple of weeks ago, but Cameron Smith is just looking so fucking good. Dude, like, I love the guy. I love the guy. His putter is so hot. His short game is so good. He, he is just so good in the wind. He, he, he's just, I love his game for somewhere like ACC. Is and, he not in the field? No, he's not. Um, yeah. the, uh, and then the Bermuda grass and like a lot of the chipping around Austin and Texas in general, just pisses people off that are just used to playing on like different grasses. And he's just a grinder, man. He, I, if he was in the field, I, I would have had him going a long, long way. And, uh, that was the only thing that was standing in my mind. I was like, it just seems like an obvious pick because of the players, but he, he just, I would look out for him at Augusta too, man. Like he, uh, he had no good success doubt. at Augusta. Yeah. Well, and I know that the the November one. (laughs) Yeah. And I know everybody talks shit about that one because, oh, it's, it's like a asterisk, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the dude, I think that was the first time that he really showed up on a lot of people's radars because, I mean, he did break a course. He's always played pretty decent at Augusta, though. Like, there was one year where the announcers, I know I said this on the podcast that year, but the announcers were like, he looks like a 16 year old boy or like 15 year old boy or some shit. And it, like it was at Augusta and it, they were talking about him because he was like doing pretty well and was in contention. And that, well, that was years ago. I so was like first starting to let the mullet ride too around then. No, it was pre mullet. I can tell you right now that That's there is nothing sexier than that fucking mullet on that guy. I mean, just a stringy, full-on, <laughs> as most Australians would call it, bogan-ass mullet, dude. I mean, that thing is just, it's amazing. It's the closest and, one I've seen in person to the Joe Dirt mullet, though. Like, it, it's it's a mullet that actually resembles the, the films, which is just true artistry and, and commitment. To and, all he, and all he really needs to do is just let it keep going, get a little longer, get a little half back, you know? I, yeah, I don't know how much longer he's going to commit to it, but I mean, with this kind of play, you kind of want to let it ride, right? I mean, the guy just made the most amount of money a winner in golf has ever made. That's probably why he's not here, too. Like, I mean, he just won the players. Like, he's enjoying his – and his family's in town, too, remember? I don't know how long, but, like, he hadn't seen them since the pandemic, cool it sounded like. To, I mean, it's the least he could do. But, like, him inviting over just, like, a, a shitload of caddies and players for, like, a sh- like beers and pizza, like, 30-plus folks over to his house right after the players for the win, just celebrating, like, friends and family. Just He's just a top chat, man. I just think that uh... – He's just as good as it gets. I mean, like as far as he just comes across as that guy that you would want to go play around a golf with a lot, a lot like the boy, Pat Perez. Okay. I mean, he just seems like <laughs> super down to earth. I don't think shit. kids a very big fan of Pat Perez. He's not, he's not, no. I know he's not, but he's not my cup I, of tea, but like, I'm not like, I don't like actively like root against him. I think he's obnoxious, but I think a lot of people are obnoxious. 
Yeah, I mean, I can level with that because I'm not I'm not a big fan of obnoxious people as well. Um, for the most part, even though some could consider me obnoxious at times, who knows? But <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, no, I I just the thing Never. that I like about him, <laughs> the thing I like about him is is he'll just shoot you straight and like it is, and not really, uh, you know. I mean, he like, he doesn't pull any punches. If I, I mean, didn't say that his podcast ripping Phil like didn't help in my estimation of him. Like it, it he was you know calling it like it is with that. Although he never really <laughs> ever condemned the humanitarian portion of it, which I'm not surprised by with him. But I did like that he attacked like Phil's character in general. And just kind of was like, dude, you're just full of shit. Like you just want the money and you don't give a shit about the game or the, any of the other players. And I'm seeing yeah. the facade. And, I, and he has a certain honor with what his path has been to get there. And, like, the, the amount of, you know, recognition that he gave to the PJ Tour, making this very cushy for them, as well as what Tiger did. Like, there's a certain self-awareness with him that I now raise his estimation in my head. That I at least appreciate how he hasn't – he's not – you know, he, hasn't, he is aware that, you know, he was gifted an opportunity with when he came up in golf and that, you know – <laughs> And him also saying that like he can't wait for the Champions Tour, like he cannot wait till he turns fifty, is is also a funny little tidbit. So he's looking to get some dubs in the column. Well, he's seen how some some like I forget who he mentioned in that podcast, but he's like he made like this much money. He's like Bernhard Langer, probably. Yeah, I haven't listened to the yeah I haven't listened to the podcast, but when you think Champions Tour, you think Bernhard Langer. Yeah, and that's what he was talking about, like how much money he's brought home just being in the Champions Tour. And he's like, dude, I mean, I can, I'll be able to at least go like do decent there. So yeah, he's like, I'm looking for he's sure for it to it. Cart too. He's excited. To yeah, around a cart. Just he, he's ready to get on the John Daly. Page. You should. You, you should be able to drink, drink on the, the Champions. I was gonna say you should be able to drink on the Champions it, Tour. Like it it's the ultimate. It like, like that he that you could. He almost made it sound like you could. When I was listening to that, I I actually meant to look that up. Like, can you? Drink I mean, I on the wonder. Champions Tour? I wonder how hard it would be in actuality to have like a flask in your golf bag as a pro. I don't think it would be hard hard either. You would get caught though. If you were a big name, like there would be someone recording you. Just put it like in a, like a McDonald's cup or something. I don't fucking know. Like just, you know, yeah, that's true. You could put it in fucking a water bottle if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, mean, for the most part though, like not to, to spend too much time on the champion story, he was at least, he was, you know, he was acknowledging the areas of protection and luxury that they're awarded in the position that they're at. And he's like, in what world is there a tour or a, a retirement plan for competitive athletes in their golden years when they're no longer relevant in the actual prime of their sport? Like, he at least has a certain level of self-awareness that I found refreshing from someone who I probably had some other preconceived ideas of how they felt about things so that was cool to kind of you know a little bit of a u-turn on him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's a lot of talk for a guy who's not in the field and not even in like the top 70 in the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's jump into into brackets yeah let's get let's get into these brackets um yeah so if you want to take the the reins for it i guess good yeah let's do it so you've got all the brackets so yeah we're gonna start in the top left and uh, the the group 
with the number one player in the world, um, John Rahm. And mm-hmm. as I just mm-hmm. scroll through all these, I can tell you right now that every single bracket had John Rahm getting out of this round robin group. Every single one. And how do you not? I mean, although I, uh, I, man, I don't, I can say something right now. Uh, well, I, yeah. I, so if you go to course fit, under data golf, they have Patrick Reed as a better course fit for this group. So, well, you know, I, I put I, mean, I put thought into that. Like 210 yards now, but it doesn't really matter that much on this course. 210 yards. Wait, that's not that's the true number. No, they what? people are. He switched to a PXG driver like this season, and like in the past, he's had like 20 or 30 yards average more. Um, and it could be with. They only record driving distance when you hit the fairways. So, like, he could be having some weird. Getting in Dave's ear. (laughs) No, not at all. But uh, I don't think it's as big a deal as people are making it out to be, especially on this course. Well, I will say, I mean, then how else do you explain his record recently? Like, it's not good. No, it could very well be driver related. I just think out of the courses we've played this year, this course is like the least, I don't think driver is the most important thing. Like there's a lot of opportunity to be able to take three wood and less than driver out there. So well, we talked, I mean, that was one of the things we talked about it. Like he didn't, he didn't have to be the and long he's, guy. He's course, got a phenomenal but... short game. Like uh, that's going to come into play this week. Um, I didn't pick him. I picked John Rom. So and kids yeah, said I mean, we, had, we, we we all <laughs> yeah. picked John Rom, but I mean, honestly, he he does have every ability in the world to to possibly move out of that round. As much as I hate to say that, because I just there's there's hardly a guy on tour that I despise more. Actually, I don't think I despise anybody more than him. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's John Rom. He's the number one player in the world, and I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I just think Patrick Reed's form is too bad recently, and John Rahm has had too much success at this particular venue recently, and although he's not in his peak performance right now, he's, he's dipped a little bit, I'm still not concerned with John Rahm coming out of this group. If anyone I think is going to threaten John Rahm out of this group, I actually think it's going to be Cameron Young. Um, so just to, say, just to let y'all know, um, uh, so for Datagolf's course fit, the very worst person for this tournament is Bryson DeChambeau. Right above him is Cameron Young, and then two above that is John Rahm. Yeah, so for worst it, unfortunately yes. for the boys at Data Golf, uh, we're talking about a guy who made it to the finals twice. Um, yeah, I mean, one player in the world. So I'm not gonna. That's why I was saying, thing. like, you know, I was taking. I was looking at the analytics, but I wasn't necessarily taking everything they had to say perfectly. And I'm, th- and I'm also kind of taking that Cameron Young was in contention in the last three holes at the best golf course on the, t- on the tour right now that tests every facet of your game. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say Cameron Young is going to probably still play pretty solid golf uh, in that group. The, the other thing, too, is that I would be worried about Patrick Reed if he only had to play John Rahm once for 18 holes to get out of the group. But in a round-robin format, like that's the one area of this bracket that actually requires consistent play to get out of your position. It's not as fluky in round robin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
All right, so moving down on this list, uh, going down to the vertically. So I'm going down to the Brooks Kepka group. Um, Dave, I'm seeing uh, a name that isn't Brooks Kepka. You want to talk about your pick? I went with uh, the boy Shane Lowry. Um, I just, uh, you know, I haven't necessarily let, and, you know, listen, Brooks is in my wolf pack. Um, I'm a fan of Brooks. I'd be happy to see if him playing well this week. Um, but you know, I'm trying to make a good, I'm trying to make the most accurate bracket I can. And right now I think I, I like where Shane Lowry's game is at. Um, and I like his game for a course fit on this course. Um, I didn't even really take data golf's course fit thing on this group. Um, I just kind of did the old like gut feeling, like what am I feeling kind of vibe. I think the course fit actually works best for Harold Varner on the, in this group, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I just don't necessarily think Brooks's game is where he wants it. And I don't, I, I think Lowry's the he move. He played pretty well at the Valspar this week, and his Sunday was fucking stellar. Brooks played really well yesterday. Well, you know that I'm just saying. You asked what what I what I did and how and why I did it, and I'm giving it to you. So, I appreciate it. I'm just saying that Brooks um, played pretty well. I can't I, uh... say I was paying very much attention to uh, this past week, if anything. Another so. golf course that would have been a great test for Patrick Reed's short bunting driver now, the Valspar. But, uh, you know, mm. that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, Clint, you also chose Lowry. Any additional words on the, the Irishman? Uh, I, I kind of just uh, fall in line with Dave on that. I just kind of had a little bit more of a gut feeling there uh, about him. I mean, Brooks, you know, I mean – you for the most part would kind of be weird to ever just fully count him out. Um, but at the same time, uh, if it's not a major, I also don't put an insane amount of stock in Brooke Brooks. I mean, I, I just, uh, I think that he has every ability in the world to move out of it, but um, I just, I'm, I'm feeling the boy Shane Lowry on this one. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think you always got to question Brooks's commitment level to any event that's not a major. You don't know if he's going to care or not. Maybe he gets distracted by some nightlife and off, and he's just like, you know what, man? Let's just bounce out of this thing early. Um, who yeah. really knows? Uh, one last person in the bracket group also chose Shane Lowry. It's uh, Tyler, and he left me a note that just says, Shane Lowry is a dog, and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I do. I do like the big man. I mean, he's, he, he can make for some entertaining golf sometimes. So I, I like him and I like Tyler for that comment. You know, it was a good one. Good little color commentary there. Uh, moving on over to Haley's bracket. Uh, she chose, she chose HV three. So falling in line. Um, last performed well at the old Saudi event. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I can see HB3 bunting his way around this course pretty successfully. Um, I, w I would, I'd be lying if I didn't say I thought about it for a half second when I was looking at the, the group of guys, I would say I thought about him longer than I did Lowry. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, 
I gotta say, this isn't the last time Haley's gonna be throwing a curveball in her bracket. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the names <laughs> that came through from hers. But who, dude, match play is crazy. You have no idea what's gonna happen. I wouldn't be surprised if this comes out and her her guy wins it all and she gets the most points. All I can say is that a lot of people that follow the chalk line, once it deviates from that, they're kind of screwed. And if you have some kind of quirkiness, even if you don't get them all right, you are down a less popular route. So it's more likely for you to make points in those weird, bizarre scenarios. It's either, it's either you fucking got it right or you got it wrong and you're not going to do well. Yeah. Like you're, she's just swimming in a, in a lane of her own and there's really not much, you know, beating down the door to, to match her on that. So if, if things go a little weird on group play day uh, round Robin, she might be like the undisputed winner, like by like Friday. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love that. Um, I actually, I did think about HB three a little bit too. I'm not going to lie, but uh, to say more than Shane Lowry, that's a little bold, but I, uh, anyway, on with it. Um, moving over to uh, Tyler's bracket. I'm not Tyler's, Ryan's bracket. Uh, he's the only one who chose the favorite. He chose Brooks Kepka as the uh, the guy taken in this group. This, you know, we already spoke on Brooks. Possible motivation level, playing decent golf right now. Uh, you know, within the last few days, um, we'll see how he plays. You know, I can't ever really remember him doing like astonishingly well at ACC, but you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but don't need to tread on him too long, too much longer. Me, I went with Eric Van Ruyen. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, the mustache man? I, I, yeah, I did. I, you can't I'm appreciate con- that. I'm concerned with Shane Lowry on that walk for that many days. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned with uh, Brooke Kep's, Brooks Kepka's knee. Um, I'm, I'm worried about his motivation level. Um, so close leading up to the Masters. Like, does he want to gas himself out? I don't, I don't really know. Um, HV3, I just didn't think he was going to put it together under the spotlight. You know, he hasn't really shown up that much on like a real PGA Tour event. Um, and then Eric Van Ruin just c- strikes me as a guy who's just going to be grinding his fucking dick off out there, just trying mm. everything in the book to get out of this group and just be relevant for just a little bit, you know? And it just, uh, it just strikes me as a venue that he's going to figure it out at. And I don't even really like the guy, but, you know, he's going to figure it out somehow. And plus, I, I think, think the that strategy is Haley. I'm trying to change it up from what people would be doing. Well, I can appreciate that last comment probably more than any of it is like grinding it out to, to try to be relevant in a, in a group that has some names that obviously are. So I, I can appreciate that side of it, but um, also don't think he will be the one out, but that's, you know, that's why we all chose different brackets. That's why we probably all, have a different different ender but let's let's keep it rolling yeah i'm gonna snake it back uh the other way now so we'll start with mine for the next group going down which is the bryson dechambeau group um i did not go with the big golfer for all of the reasons that we talked about earlier i did however go with the next guy on the list which is taylor mm, Gooch, the, the gooch squad he just once again seems like a grinder seems like he'd thrive in match play uh, he's not a particularly super long player, but he does strike his irons pretty well. He puts the rock and, uh, he's been having a, you know, a, a decent fall and a, a decent spring. And it just strikes me as a kind of place that he's going to play well at. And, you know, I'll be rooting for Gooch out there because to me, he deserves the real, Ooh, not Gooch, but Gooch. That's, that's mm. play for me. 
nothing like rooting for the gooch. Exactly. Uh, moving over to Ryan. Um, Ryan went ahead with the boy that just burned him last season. If he says Westwood, I'm just like, I feel like if he says Westwood, I could pick the rest of the groups for Ryan. And like, I would know what he would be picking is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll have you predict Ryan's picks from going forward now because he did choose Lee Westwood. Okay. Because um, I I was like, of course, like in, when you said he picked Kepka, I was like, okay, I can see that from Ryan. And then whenever you said that, I was like, he's gonna pick fucking Westwood. And well, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I gave it away because I said the guy who burned him last season. Yeah, but like in my head before you said that, I was thinking Westwood. I don't too, recall so. Richard Bland burning Ryan last season. <laughs> I just said in my head before you said that, I was thinking Westwood. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yep, uh, I don't really feel like talking about Westwood. Who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, but I would love know, if I, Ryan was here to try to defend the Westwood pick because he'd be like, you know, I just, you know, I like the guy and uh, I just think he's going to be able to strike it around there. Um, you know, Austin Country Club's just like a different course and I think Westwood's kind of going to thrive on a course like Austin Country Club. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe him and Tyler have some sort of mind meld going because Tyler also has Lee Westwood. Um, I think it's like group. the Kansas boys. Like they're like, yeah, we really love Gerdog, and like they both really like Westwood. They're like they like like they like like athletic heavy, looking heavy, white heavy, guys. Heavy, heavy set, kind of top heavy looking. Like, yeah, like guys that do bench players. press, and that's only like that's only their vibe. Guys that look like <laughs> they just got out of like the Marine Corps twenty five years ago, you know. No doubt. <laughs> um, Next on the bracket list, we've got Haley's bracket, and this is where things get real weird. Which is tell me, Richard, she says bland. Richard, Richard Dick Bland, man, <laughs> Bland Dick is coming out of group. Oh my you know, gosh, I love, I love that pick from Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, damn, she's going to have the freaking – I swear on my life, if she ends up just taking this bracket, I'm going to love it. I, you know, <laughs> I, I think I know her logic, too, which is, like, she knows Bryson's not going to be able to play well because she's aware that he's just a head case right now and he can't play and he's hurt. She knows that Lee Westwood's a washed old man, and then oh. it's now in her head between Gooch and Bland, and she's like, I'm going to take a flyer on Bland. Let's just see what happens. Let's ride the fucking dice here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I respect it. And, you know, if I had the truth out of this group, it was either Gooch or Bland. And, you know, Haley and I are in a similar wavelength there. I, I, I respect the pick. You know, if Bland comes out of that group, that's a huge leg up to Haley's bracket. <laughs> Is she the only one that took Bland, or did you take Bland? Clint did not take Bland. No, I'm talking I, to you. Did you? Did we? Did you say who you took? Yeah, it? I started. I, I took. He took the gooch. Oh yeah, I took gooch. So, or you took gooch. Yeah, sorry. But we can now yeah. move on over to Clint's uh, bracket where he can defend for both Tyler and Ryan because Clint. I will took say Westwood. Oh, so did. why didn't you jump in when I said I wish Ryan was here I, to defend the Westwood take? Because I, just, I was just letting it go down the order and just see what <laughs> you had to say. I wanted to see what you had to say. So 
first of all, this was surprisingly probably a bracket that I went back and forth on more than any other one in the first round. Um, and looking back, I don't, I don't know. I may have, I may have still stayed where I was. Lee Westwood has shown the ability to come out of a round like this time and time again. Um, I mean, I, I'm not one for the, the guys that look like they came out of the military 25 years ago. That doesn't do anything for me, but, uh, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I do, that was strictly I, Ryan and Tyler. Like they like Gerdog, they like Westwood. Like they get that's a particular look, you know. But what yeah. is your and, reasoning? You know, like what? Well, what so the, what's the positive for Westwood? Not the negatives for DeChambeau or for Bland, but like what's the positives for Lee Westwood at this present so, day? Really, for me, DeChambeau might as well not even been in that group. It could have it could have been just an amateur golfer. I it wouldn't matter who it was. Um, I, he just didn't even enter my mind. Um, Bland was actually somewhat similar. I just didn't, didn't really put him into play. I mean, um, and, and Gooch was what I originally leaned towards. And I don't know, there was just, once again, this is, this is just, sometimes you get like a little bit of a weird feeling, a little gut, a little gut reaction. And, uh, I went back and forth and, and for some reason the, the gut, the gut went with Westwood. I mean, um, I just, I know he has the ability and we'll see. I don't know. I, I mean, I think Taylor Gooch has been playing better golf, but I, it's, you know, it, the thing about Westwood, he pulls one out of his ass every so often and that hasn't happened recently. So it's about, he's about due. He's about due for that, that little, you know, pull out of his ass move. To play devil's advocate, Lee Westwood has got more match play experience than just about anyone on this fucking field with all of his Ryder Cups and all of his match play history. You know, he's a veteran out there. What is his record in the Ryder Cup? Don't do this to me. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I don't know either, I but I would venture to experience. say it's not winning. Well, I mean, the well, Europeans but... tend to win Ryder Cups, so I wouldn't go that far. I said I would venture right. to say. God, why do you make me do this? Why don't you look it up? Why? why... That... Because I'm perfectly comfortable leaving it at, I would venture to say his fucking record is losing and leave it but, at that. But well, you're the but one. Thing is, as far as record, like the take wins, take losses, the, the overall number, I think, like Kid said, is going to be more than just about anybody in the field. So for yeah, But what does it matter reason, if you have a horrible record? Like you could be See, going up is, against a rookie issue, and is that Dave is just throwing out something that he has a hunch feeling about without actually looking it up and using that as evidence for his argument. When, if you actually look at Lee Westwood's record, it's not that bad. It's essentially even he's won 21, he's lost 20 and he's drawn six. So that's better than most. So Americans he's won more than he's lost, which is more so than I was wrong. can say. But you were and I rest my misinformation case. as like a validation for your argument, which is why I had to fucking look it up because you're like, yeah, yeah but I probably shit. I, I said, yeah, and I say probably, and I'm not saying it's fact. Like I, you know. Well, we looked it up. We now know we can move on from the. But we don't. We don't have to spend a lot of time on Westwood. Granted, I picked him. We don't have to spend a lot of time. We've we've spent entirely people, too much time. More people picked them than didn't pick him. 
Like, or I so guess correct. It was three and three, but he was picked more than anybody else. No, it wasn't. Wait, three he and was three. picked three times. I thought yeah, two. Ryan, was... Tyler, and Clint. Oh yeah, true. Fucking, they both picked six. Him. There was six brackets. You said so. Bland yeah. got picked, so it was not three and three. It was two, one, and three. No, I was saying it was three and three. That three. Lee West was chosen three times, and he was not chosen three times. So uh, he was chosen more uh, than anybody else, but he was like. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, Dave, I'm guessing you went with the Gooch. Yeah, man. I don't have. We don't have to go into it. He's he's been playing pretty well lately, and he's on my fucking team. I gotta back my boys for the most part. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel that. I think I think he's a. I think he's got a decent shot. You know. Um, Yeah. Moving down to group number eight, the Dustin Johnson group. Um, David, you went with the chalk pick. Yeah, I went with DJ. <laughs> uh, and so I'll tell we, you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with how he's playing this season. He's not playing particularly well. He hasn't played that much golf this year. But it's fucking DJ, and he's won the tournament before. And I remember going. It was the first year God I was. Damn it, I, every fucking podcast, Dave says this anecdote every fucking time. Go ahead, Dave. This is like the fifth time you've said this. <laughs> I went the first time I went to match play. I watched. I followed DJ, and it was just insane watching him, man. <laughs> Clint's like cringing, but yeah, no, I'm not. I love. I just love y'all's banter more than anything. But no, I, dude, he's. If you've heard the arguments that I've had for DJ, I've, I mean, I. Yeah, you have been in his, been in his corner. But yeah, yeah I, I always say this, better. but at the time, DJ was world number one. He had won like three tournaments back to back right before the Masters when he slipped. And it was just watching a guy play slipped. golf that was like, Air quotes. was the best golfer in the world at that time. And it was just like, it was awesome to watch. And he ended up winning yeah. that match play and like, he was the best golfer out there that weekend, and I got to watch it up up close and personal, and was sick. Yeah. So yeah, DJ, I uh, I'm just falling back on I'm falling back on it's fucking DJ. This course he's won here before, and um I think last week I heard he or not last week, but it, was it the players he shot a 62 or a 63 or something on Sunday? The 63 last 63 tied the the course record or the the tournament record. Yeah, shot a 63 the last day. He's played iffy at the Valspar. Did he play Valspar? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I was that feeling being DJ. said, like, Dave saw someone who potentially has the highest ceiling in golf. I don't think he does, but people could argue that he has the highest ceiling in golf at the point that you could argue was his greatest peak in his golf career. So, like, that's going to burrow in your brain for a while. I just find it comedic that every single time that it comes up, Dave. Manages to to pry that storyline and put well, it, it it put that big of an impression on him though. I mean, it's it's something to be it's something to be said, you know. I mean, um, it it's somebody that I haven't really heard Dave talk a lot about outside of that story. So I mean, it it obviously was a was a big impression. But uh, we we'll also keep, we'll keep uh, the DJ love train going because. And you're already talking, Clint. So go ahead and defend your pick. I I went with DJ. I mean, anytime that you've got a prior winner at a course, there's going to be a level 
of competitiveness that is going to come out of that player. I don't care if it was five years ago or 10 years ago or two years ago, that player has a chip on their shoulder about that course and, and they're going to, they're going to swing for the fences and they're going to go for it. And of people that can swing for the fences and go for it and do really well, DJ is one of them. So um, I think that uh, I think that he will definitely make it out of that round. But with that being said, Max Homa um, has been playing good golf. Uh, I thought about him for about four seconds um, and wow. then easily picked DJ, but, uh, but, you know, um, but, uh, and I like McKenzie Hughes too. Uh, I, I think um, Wolf has been struggling lately um, uh, out of the four. Got dropped as of today from Haley's handicap punks. He's now a free. Yeah, player. I saw. I saw that. Yeah, I mean he's he's been struggling lately, and so of the four in this group, he was he was the least of my thought process. But um, yeah, definitely went for for me an easy pick with DJ. Well, you, you did toss a bone to the Canadian Mackenzie Hughes, um, but a bigger bone was tossed by Haley to Mackenzie Hughes. That is back-to-back lowest seed uh, chosen in, in the group stage. She went with Mackenzie Hughes over DJ Max Homa and, and Wolf. Um, look, I think we're starting to see a pattern here um, from, from Haley, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. She likes the underdogs, and, uh, you know, I respect her, her risk taking you know uh i think it, it might pay off for her and god willing if she she gets those well she's games. obviously got a bone to pick with wolf you know she yeah she not... literally dropped him right before this podcast and i saw that and i was like holy <laughs> shit dude i was never dropping the wolf. confirm button in my life i'm like confirmed <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was yeah, uh that was i mean once again, this is a course that can work for just about anybody. Um, it, it praises accuracy, you know, over just about anything else and some creativity around the green complexes. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Hughes has that in spades. So uh, I think it's not a terrible pick. And uh, kudos to, to Haley. I think, you know, there is a lane for this to go down where she blows out the field and the points pretty quick. <laughs> you know, I really, I, I like her strategy. I do. Um, mm-hmm. Heading over to Tyler, um, he went with DJ as well. Um, no comments uh, from him about DJ <laughs> or Lee Westwood. I think he's just going to try to let those slide underneath the radar. Um, <laughs> but I do have other comments from him that will that will find a way into the podcast a little bit later. Um, you know, nothing. We don't need to belabor DJ. That's the third pick for him. We're aware of why he's an appetizing pick for people. Um, but now we get to Ryan and myself and we both have the same pick and it hasn't been picked yet. Ryan and I both went with Max Homa. Um, I don't need to spend too much time on Max. He's a ball striker's ball striker. Um, it strikes me as the kind of place where he would play well. Um, I don't actually think I remember him playing here last year. I think he did. I just don't really remember seeing it. Um, you know, hopefully he got the, uh, the course under uh, wraps now, or uh, that's not the right word under he's got, he's got it figured out now. And uh, I think he's gonna play well, man. I, I like. I'm gonna ride the Max Homa, the Homa train. I, I, I like what I see from him recently, and uh, I think big things from him. This feels like the kind of place where he's gonna come alive. Um, he's driving on a fucking string. Um, you know, we lost oh, Lindsay, no. but uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, 
we'll keep this we'll keep this thing going. I, I like Max Homa this week, and uh, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a big force. Um, moving down to a group, you know. Did we get everyone for that group? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, a, a group near and dear to both your heart and my heart, Dave, um, is the Scotty Scheffler group. Um, you know. You and I are, you know, riding the high that is Scotty Scheffler. We, we love what we're seeing out of Chef this year. Um, you know, he's both of well, and it And it's a spot that he got runner-up last year, right? I mean, yeah, the I mean, guy likes the course. He's a Texas boy. He's well, motherfucking Scotty motherfucking Scheffler, bro. He's the chef he and he's get... cooking up the fucking win. It's the chef. I love that, but technically he did not get runner-up. Uh, Matt Kuchar did, but um, no, he didn't. He got runner-up last year against Billy Horschel. Are we sure about that? <laughs> and it's yeah. Kuchar. you are right. <laughs> Even though we've been saying don't Kuchar, ever, don't ever question me. Kuchar had like chef. three years ago was runner-up. No, that's that's actually for sure, for sure, for sure. I remember now. Because Scheffler had a really bad hole 12. Um, I remember it. I remember it. And that's actually also why I picked the chef as well, because he was runner up last year. And he's an Austin boy. Um, well, I mean, Dallas, he's a chef. He, he went to UT, so he's spent some time in Austin. And that's, he's and that's a what I'm a Texas guy, you know? He's a Texas guy. No, he's from Dallas, but he went to UT, therefore played Austin a lot. Um, I consider him a local at that. Course. I consider him a friend. Dave considers him a friend. I consider him a local. Look, All right, I, I, I love the love that we're sending chefs away. I I really do. <laughs> I mean, he's the chef. Like... He cooks it up all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's just you got to let the man sizzle, dude. I love it. I mean, in the same way that Dave brings up his DJ anecdote every time, I just love bringing up that I've been I've been riding the chef train for a while, and I, I love what I see from him. It, it's it's just this has been a stellar season for him. I hope he wins four more times this year. I, I really <laughs> four more, six I wins. Care, I one don't year. care if Dave runs away with this fantasy season with Chef, like just riding that that horse all the way in. Because if Chef wins four more times, seven. Uh, no, he just won twice this season, right? Yes, it, it, twice. It, it, that would be. But six he did times. have a. I think he had a runner up. He's won twice, though, for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I would, I would love it. Him being number one in the world for like, <laughs> with like a strong stranglehold on it. It's the chef, just like the most aloof, just big oaf ever. Like I just love him. He's the best. Um, yeah, so I chose Scotty Chef. Ryan chose Scotty Chef. Tyler chose Scotty Chef. Damn, so it's the Haley. biggest runaway since Rom. But we get back to Haley, and Haley <laughs> went with the match play savant, Ian Poulter. Another who has good history at the course, too, though. And is also the lowest seed in that group as well. Again. <laughs> she's three, she's three lowest seeds in a row. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. And that won't be her last lowest seed either. You know, sometimes you just gotta. Maybe she knows gotta, something we don't. But that's five that's picks a, for Scotty Chef. 
Um, no one chose Fitzy, which seems like it could be a decent course for him. But, um, dude, uh, hold on. Let's go back to the Ian Poulter thing. Like, he has made a run at this course more than one year, like, and done well. So, it's not a crazy pick. It's not a crazy pick. He's just a douche. He comfortably gets into the round 16, <laughs> sometimes quarters, but I've never seen him in semis, and I've never seen him in a uh, a third-place battle or a finals battle. So he's a match-play guy who's going to grind out group stage, and he might get out of the round robin, but I would never put him to getting past that. Um, he, he is a match-play player, but when it's not country on the line, I, I feel like he loses his gas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chef's got, a, Chef's got a big fucking uh... – Big uh, fan base over here. I mean, he's honestly playing as the best golfer in the world right now, honestly. Like, with how he's played this year, I would imagine. I don't know. You can make the argument for Cam Smith. He's won twice this year as well he and won the players. Game for the season. That, that's fair. Um, I would just say if I, if I were taking, you know, Cam Smith versus Scotty Chef, you know, at all four majors this year, I'm taking Scotty Chef over Cam Smith at, you know, finishing high. Listen. Listen, you don't have to fucking argue with me, okay? <laughs> I mean, Hovland's not far down there either when you're talking about these type of things. Like, yeah, you know, my team's – you know, I got two solid boys on my team, and, you know, we're making moves. I just picked up my boy Keith Mitchell, who I think, you know, might do some solid numbers for the team. Um, but, yeah, that's neither here nor there. All right, let's breeze past this group. Sky Chef chalked in for five out of six teams. Uh, Haley's the outlier. That will continue to be the case for a while. Um, moving on to the next group, the number 12 group, the Billy Horschel group. Um, we'll start back at Dave on your side. Um, thoughts, Dave, what'd you go with? I went with the horseshoe. <laughs> um, defending champion. yeah, defending champion. He's actually been the playing pretty good golf. The, the greatest ball flighter on tour um i don't like the guy um i actually don't i really don't like him like i hate his how he sneaks up to the ball when he's putting i just don't like seeing that <laughs> on tv it's it's annoying as fuck he's like inching in on it um i am self-aware and know i do things like this when i play golf that are probably equally as annoying but uh yeah when you're playing golf for a living and you're on tv and people are and millions of people are watching you it's a little weird to see you creep in inch by inch on the fucking ball when you're putting. That could be on the broadcast too. They could probably come into the shot a little bit later or something, but uh, that's a joke. I get why they do they, what they do. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I pick, I mean, when, you're, when you go down the list in this group, it's Porschel, Thomas Peters, Hoagie, and uh, Lee. Um. I just liked his name the most out of those four people. If I'm being honest, I, I picked up Peters. I picked up Peters and just recently dropped him this week. Um, I like Peters, but um, he was playing pretty good golf over on the Euro tour. Um, I thought I could pick him up and ride him a little while for, you know, I thought he would, I thought he was playing good golf and I could ride his good golf streak for while he came over to his, for his U S swing. Um, this this tournament included and i thought about keeping them for this tournament but i decided not to um but yeah i don't like thomas peters for this course exactly that's why i dropped him you dropped him from your team because of acc <laughs> well i know i i think last year like 
you, you don't lose points from this tournament, but we have to, we have to, so with this new shit, we also need to figure out what, what, with what, what we're doing with points for fantasy for this, this week. But uh, yeah, we did the same as last year because of round Robin, it gets pretty nuanced in terms of the bottom of the, the, the level of who gets into the top 20. And then it's very clear after round 16 where people result out. Um, yeah. I'm talking about points for fantasy, our fantasy. well good all right so do people after the group of eight get points or i've already i've already said it i'm, I'm not gonna say it again okay let's uh, okay <laughs> Clint, got i mean did i add? just miss it i don't know okay so uh, in group stage and round robin you have different record finishes you could finish with a win a loss a tie you could finish with a loss uh, a, two wins you could finish with zero wins and two losses and a draw like there's too many different variations of different ways it could finish that it doesn't just blanketly be given all of these people are t56 or whatever the case may be the the result is more nuanced in terms of what the finishing places are from a round robin format so you can fill in things even below the round of 16 with potential t20s with like a people that finished you know you know two one and one or whatever the case like one one and one versus someone who finished zero two and one like those are different finishes in terms of points so there's a way to get top 20s from the round robin format that's nuanced enough where it's not just blanket points for different groups does that All make right. sense yep sure i was just uh yeah it's all good we don't have to go into it now um clint uh, any additional words on the, the hoe? You know, um, did he pick Corshall as well? He did. I did, um, and I can't. I can't. I can't talk enough about how I can't stand the guy. Um, but you, you can never put it past a defending champ um, coming in to to try to defend that. So um, I think that once again they very similar to what I was talking about earlier. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's won it before he could win it again if he wanted to. Um, do I think he will? Absolutely not. Uh, I haven't making it out of this round, but not the next. So he can suck it after this one, but, um, Billy Ho is a ho bag bitch, but he's going out of this round. Speaking of ho. Oh, somebody went with the hoga. With the hoagie. Haley went with Tom Hoagie. Who's been playing good golf as of lately? That's true. That's very true. It's very true. Uh, You know, was recently picked up by Long and Straight, a.k.a. Ryan's team. You know, I think that was a good pickup. I think it was a smart pickup. It's It's a change of form from Ryan from last season. He's actually making smart decision making with his waiver wire. Uh, choices so props to ryan for not being a dirtbag and uh yeah good good deal dirtbag going over to tyler's dirtbag in the billy ho group he went with a man that we were all not feeling too good about or at least dave and i weren't he went with thomas peters um he didn't Ryan did? Note with, no, no, no. Tyler did. Oh, Tyler um, did. 
I, I he didn't leave me a note on this one, but this is the one. Yeah, I, I wish he would have because on. this is yeah, this is like uh, of the picks. I would I would like to know the headspace of that one, but he he both didn't leave me a note for Lee Westwood or for Thomas Peters. Um, you know, it's easy for you to leave me a note about you know some other guys that he makes a pickup on here for. I don't want to spoil anything. It, when it's hard to defend, it's hard to leave a note, you know, like, <laughs> like you have, usually when you're defending someone that people are like, are you serious? Uh, you have to have, go more than just one, a note. He has one note that will, that he, he, he needs to defend. Let's just say crazy. for the, the Peters defense, you're going to need to get into some litigation. So it's going to be more than a note you know <laughs> fair fair all right um over to ryan's team uh he went with tom hoagie as well um that's now two for tom hoagie uh two for billy ho and which ho wins it with my pick it is tom hoagie i went with tom hoagie as well it is three picks for tom hoagie two for billy ho um you know it's similar to what you said about uh you know Haley's pick for tom hoagie he's a good recent form uh, he strikes me as a guy who's going to come into this with a bit more desire and drive to do well here versus someone like, I would say, actually Billy Ho will want to defend, but maybe there's too much pressure with defending. I don't know. This was gut. This is gut feeling, guys. I told you. I didn't get analytical with this. Um, all right, let's move on to the next group. Next group. group to the next. Team, the Tyrrell Hatton group. Uh, somehow Tyrrell Hatton is the leading, um, you know, seed in this also sharing a group with Daniel Berger, Siwoo Kim, and Christian Bezate. Um, you know, I went ahead and I went with a guy who should have been the, the top seed in this group, Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger. Uh, this feels like a good golf course for Daniel Berger. Um, he's been playing spectacular golf. Um, I think uh, I'm going to ride for Haley's guy with Daniel Berger, and uh, I'm going to go with the, with the bug. Um, I can go ahead and say that Ryan made the same decision as me, probably for similar reasons. Um, and moving on over to Tyler's, he also went with Daniel Berg. Um, that's three in a row for Daniel Berg. Move over to Haley, who chose Daniel Berger in the first round of this draft, probably ahead of most people, but she did not choose him for no way. Robin. She once again went with the long shot, Christian Bezadenhut. <laughs> Oh my gosh, she's <laughs> killing it. That's his go with their number one pick in the draft. She went with Christian Bezainhut, the South African who <laughs> might play well, but wow, it was one I would I did not see coming. I was like, really? <laughs> when I when I saw this text from her, uh, un unbelievable pick from from Haley. Just you gotta respect the 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 zag when everyone else is zigging. You you truly do. I mean, you do, you really do, but what a pick. This um, is the one where I would love to pull Haley in the room if, if she is willing at the house because uh, she's in how, bed. How the fuck did this happen? <laughs> it is great, though. I mean, you listen, know what? she, listen, uh, I'll tell you about Haley that she know she, she has all of the resources I have. I've told her about data golf, I've told her about Sagan rankings, uh, she knows about OWGR. And you know, she, yeah, I know, I know that she looks at that though. She, cause she comes to me and she's like, what do I, I don't, I don't like Wolf, but I don't know who to pick. And I'm like, well, 
here are these things you can look at them and you can you know if you have questions about how they work ask me and i'll just let you know but yeah you know yeah i mean i feel you i also feel her not wanting to use any of those tools too <laughs> um you know yeah that's the but, one where i i just laughed when i saw it and I, I thought that was just so funny to see just given what her team is and well it's just I, weird that she wouldn't you know like i mean granted you don't always have to go with your team i there's i i've got i've got uh fucking i just call him the booze man i've got i've got him on my team i mean he's on my he's he's on my fantasy squad but to think that I would pick him in front of well, uh, really any of the other three in this mix is just a, a joke to me. But um, I mean, there's groups where I have guys and I didn't pick my guy. But yeah, it's no, weird for, that sure. It's for like, sure. It was her it's, first. It was her number one pick. And she went with the lowest seed in return. For it too. <laughs> so like, look, I think Haley, if, if it goes her way, she might win the actual PGA Tour pickup. Like she might actually win the <laughs> <bracket> challenge. <laughs> like for for, for like for the entire for the entire imagine that <laughs> like she might win like, like a sweet or something for the next match play i don't even know what they give away for that but she might fucking win the entire thing oh my gosh would that be epic okay. yeah moving over to to clint and to you dave every single person chose daniel berger except for Haley, who chose daniel berger number one in the draft it just it blew my mind <laughs> everyone chose daniel berger except for Haley and that would have been the first person that everyone would have picked too and it's one that you would have expected so far no one has been the cons- oh I guess John Rom was Rom yeah besides the number one player in the world who had possibly the easiest group on the board um I mean it's it, it, it I, I'm just confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. lost for words <laughs> All yeah right, moving, I mean moving down moving interesting down. Moving Dave down what do you got the- on this one the, the Patrick Cantley group, um, the last one on this side of the bracket, um, the number four player uh, in the world. Um, David, who did you who did you go with in this group? Well, just real quick, wait. Patrick Cant, Cantley, Siwoo. All right, no, I'm sorry, Sung J.M., the boy Seamus, uh, Power, and Keith Mitchell. How do you say his fucking <laughs> name? Seamus. Seamus, I fucking I don't know why I always say that. Seamus Power and Keith Mitchell, but uh, Dave, go. Uh, I went with Cantlay. Um, over his over, yeah, who I just picked up, but uh, yeah, I went with Cant Cantlay. It seems like you know he's gonna at least get through this round. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, the panda is in there, but um, the panda doesn't feel like this is his course to shine at um, for whatever reason. That's I don't think he uh, he you know, I don't think Austin is a native area for pandas. You know, like (laughs) I don't think that he's going to do well here. Um, And I think Cantlay just does well anywhere and uh, he should do decent in this tournament. Yeah, I. I would but I much... could see Keith Mitchell doing really well too. I will say that. So honestly, but I didn't pick him. Of of the groups that have a lot of people that that could do well, I think this is this is a pretty high one up there. I mean, I the all four of these guys could easily do well here, um, but I think that 
Cantlay's the the easy outlier in the sense that he's he's yeah he's he's kind of the go-to in this in this uh round if if you ask me well Haley begs to differ guys (laughs) oh no way (laughs) no way she doesn't um and you know I I think Haley is convinced that Panas are indigenous to the Austin area because she (laughs) went with Sung JM taking this group um, but she likes the panda. She because I mean, the panda is always brought up. Look, I I appreciate it. You know, I have a soft spot for him as well. He's in my wolf pack. I mean, I, yes. I love the pick. I absolutely love the Sungjae pick. Um, I hope that he eats all the bamboo that's in people's backyards out there. I I I, I love it. He the very Ooh. first time I saw Sungjae in person, he pulled chips ahoy out of his golf bag there. And started eating them, and I loved it. <laughs> were they chewy chips, Ahoy? I think they were crunchy. I think they were crunchy. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I get it. I'm surprised <laughs> um, bamboo's pretty chewy. That he maybe. I know that's kind of what I was thinking, but I will say, I live when I lived in Austin. There was a house uh, that had bamboo outside the back of it. It wasn't in my yard, but it was next door. Um, there is there is some bamboo in Austin here and there, so. Um, you never know. He may find some. All right, moving over to Tyler. I mean, if there is some, he'll find it. Um, <laughs> he he went with Patrick Cantley as well. No note for Patrick Cantley. I mean, you would think that he hasn't really left any notes, man. He, he has what well, he did notes. for the first two. He has six notes. Um, and there's how many groups in the at the beginning? There's. I've really only heard that one for Shane Lowry. He's a dog. Yeah, so far there's only been the Lowry comment. There's a lot more on the other side of the bracket. Um, Gotcha. Yeah, so there's seven on each side. Is that right? Seven groups on each side, 14 all together, and he has six notes. Yeah. No, there's eight. eight. Yeah, it's around the 16. Why would I say seven? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I was thrown off for a second. Um, Anyway, all right, so he chose Patrick Cantlay. Um, Ryan chose Patrick Cantley and I chose Pat- Patrick Cantley. So all five of us chose Patrick Cantley, like we chose Daniel Berger and Daniel Berger. deviated again in the group stage. So I love you got, it. You gotta love, you gotta love that. Um, I mean, Sung Jay isn't like that crazy. I know I just said how he wouldn't be a good pick, but like I can see how you could pick him, you know? Yeah, she didn't zag that hard with him, but no. it's funny that once again, all of us chose Cantley and she chose the, the deviation again. And I just respect the fuck out of it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm t- I, I couldn't agree with you more, kid. If she does well, she may win the whole damn thing for the entire internet. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like the, the PGA Tour might be getting in touch with her. <laughs> all right. That would be the wildest thing ever. This next group she could the lose the tournament in, or in our fantasy league in very last and be like, but I won the PJ Tour match <laughs> bracket <laughs> online for everybody. The thing in the you, world. The thing you just came up to me and at, the thing you just came up to ask me real quick, be like, hey, baby, you should do this real quick <laughs> so we could talk about it. <laughs> um, all right, so moving to the other side of the bracket, starting at the top with the number two group. The number two seed, second player in the world, um, number two player in the world, uh, Colin Morikawa group, um, the chalk pick. Once again, there was five, five brackets that had Colin Morikawa coming out of this group. 
and there was one bracket that did not have Colin Morikawa coming out of it. I have a sneaking suspicion of whose bracket that was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna let you tell me, but I have a sneaking no, suspicion. Go ahead, go ahead and take a guess, Clint. <laughs> if there was one person so far that was seeing something that nobody else was, I think it could have been Haley. I don't know. I could call me crazy. Well, you're wrong. It was me. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you know what that makes me happy about? I'll tell you what that makes me happy about. That Haley likes the boy Morikawa because number one. He's the man. Number two, you're an idiot. That's either <laughs> a good sign for your bracket or a very bad sign for your bracket that she chose Colin Morikawa. <laughs> She's either on a heater and the Morikawa is the first like jock pick that like is the right one or she's she's just completely zagging into a, an abyss that you guys are being pulled down to. Um, I went with the match play stallion, the Spanish stallion, uh, Sergio Garcia. Oh, Serge. Okay, well... Um, I thought long and hard about Serge, just to say that. Well, and like you say, though. you guys all went with Morikawa. You know what? 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 What more is there to say about arguably the best iron player on the planet right now? You know what I? Uh, and you actually made me listen to it because I was talking about the um, Pat Perez uh, podcast, but then I. I went and listened to the Colin Morikow one. Um, and it is funny because he is so PC. Um, but it was also interesting for me to hear how he doesn't spend seven days a week on the course and he's not spending eight hours a day on the course. Like he, he finds a good balance between life and golf. And, um, but he, but when he is golfing, he's laser fucking focused. And um, obviously it's working for him. And I mean, he, uh, as starting his professional career, got, got pretty close to Tiger in, um, you know, uh, like how many. Debut yeah. Yeah. Debut cuts made. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's already got him uh, a couple majors. Uh, I think the kid's going to have just a stellar career and I'm, I'm probably number one on the Morikawa bandwagon. Uh, he's, he's my favorite player in golf right now. And I chose him. Dave, any more to add on that? I thought long and hard about Serge. <laughs> um, this was one of the closest ones for me. That was like a 50 50 for me. Like, uh, I picked Morikawa by a lot of the reasons Clint mentioned, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's a stellar iron player. I think that, you know, approach to the green is a big thing on this course. I don't necessarily think you need to be the longest driver of the ball in the world, but if you can hit fairways and then hit a good shot into the green, you're going to do well here. Um, and, um, I think there's no doubt him, that's where he shines. And, but I think Sergio is the same way. I think, you know, Sergio is one of the best ball strikers of the golf ball ever. You know, um, you can look at Rom during the Ryder cup and he was like, when they were playing alternate shot, he's like, I know that wherever I, you know, 
you know, Sergio's going to get me on the green, like when he hits the approach shot. Like, I know he's going to give me a fucking putt at it. So I just not need to make sure I he make my putts. Like, so uh, it's just. I didn't think I was going to be sitting here listening to Dave defend my pick. I mean, you chose Colin Morikawa. Talk about Colin Morikawa. <laughs> I don't well, think no, I need I mean, to. Like, it, it's it, yeah, it's an obvious pick, but at the same time, I can, I can level with the the battle for Sergio, but mainly because of what you said, kid, in the sense that he's a, I, I forget what you said, a match play bandit. I don't know what you said, but stallion, 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 stallion. He's a Spanish stallion, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a shit ton of experience when it comes to that. Uh, a lot like in Poulter in, in the sense that hey, he's, his, he's how, had a his Ryder cup record. How is Sergio's Ryder cup record? Is, is that something you want to venture to say, uh, without any research? No, I have a feeling it's good. I don't think it's that good for heads up match play, but he's I'm made some sure, important. I'm pretty sure it is very good. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think wrong. the kid would talk. I wouldn't think the kid would talk about it like this without it being good. But hey, you know what? Uh, if we're gonna, oh, have to... that yeah, he picked him. But so yeah, I don't know. I just but either I felt like either way, he, I felt like since he called me out, so I was like, okay, he called me out on something. And I was, so he's probably, I don't know. Sergio has the greatest Ryder Cup record out of anyone on the planet, mm, except nice. for me. Yeah, of course. Well, if they start putting the Ranger Cup into the mix of like Ryder Cup, Ranger Cup, and we can start, you know, working our way in, then. Yeah, I'm undefeated, my my guy. Well, first of all, for me as a uh, player, granted, not in overall victories, but me as my team, um, I've done great. Uh, But anyway, um, move on. Kid, you want to defend Sergio? No, I don't need to. And I already have. You don't. And, and Dave has already done it more for me than I did for myself. That's actually true. Um, That's actually true. I, I, I think he's like... a good. Go, 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 no, go. go, go. no I, think, I think he is a, a good pick of the four outside of Morikawa. Obviously, I, I would have him over, over the freaking Coke man himself. Um, I, I don't think there was anybody else in that group to think about besides Serge. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, just to vamp for a second now that Dave is, has left the pod sphere for a second, um, you know, Colin Morikawa is a bit of a foodie. Um, he, he talks about really liking to travel and go to different places and, and have great dinners and, and street food and stuff like that with his girlfriend or I guess now wife. Um, you know, he's worried about that being a distract, distraction somewhere like Austin, you know, with well. food options that we have here and uh, – you know, do you, do you think he might get a little bit consumed by consuming here? You know, I like where you're taking it, but at the same time, I don't because I made a comment um, and the guy decides when and when not to be laser focused. And when he's on a golf course, he's laser focused. So he likes food. He takes the time to experience the city and, go try some good food and do those things. But that's the uh, thing that I think he does really well is that golf life balance. And those are two things that he really likes a lot. 
And I think he's going to use it to his advantage, actually. I think he's going to go have some bomb-ass food. And then I think he's going to come out and play phenomenal golf. So I think it's actually going to – focus out there on the course when he looks out of the corner of his eye and he sees the Torchies tent right there, just just the smell. Nibbling at him. Nibbling at him. And I mean, I eat Torchies. I eat Torchies at least once a week. So I can can see where the draw would come from – in that sense, um, you never know. Maybe he'll get distracted. But I think that uh, the only thing that distracts him on the golf course is golf. So I mean, he crosses that first three or four holes. He gets to the first nestling area of tents. He smells that torchies. It kind of throws him off. And then he, he's all clustered in the front nine. But he still scrapes it out, gets to the back nine. The next thing you know, he's coming down that hill at 12. And all of a sudden, he smells a little bit of barbecue in the air, a little bit of salt lick. That gets his brain kind of churning. And next thing you know, his mind's completely off golf. You think he's, he's going in the water? He's going in the water on 12 on his approach. Oh. And all he's thinking is, oh. fuck, at least if I get knocked out here, it's straight to the barbecue stand. I mean, you know. But look what happened to Scheffler, you know, he, he carried it further, even after going in the water on 12, um, maybe he makes it past that tent and he's like, you know, saw it, don't care about it anymore. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's in the past and he's back on the golf. So I see where you're going with it. Vamping complete. Dave has returned. um, And we are back snaking to his decision for the next group in the Abraham answer group. Dave, what was your selection in the Abraham Answer Group? I selected Mr. Abraham Answer. Love that kid. You know, this group is kind of a sneaky group. If yeah, anything, Bubba, is- Bubba has won here in the past. Brian Harmon uh, has done well here in the past m- multiple years. Webb Simpson, it seems like a course that he could play well at. And then there's Abe Answer, my pick, who uh, resides in San Antonio, so he's familiar with grasses around here. He's a, a ball striker, um, not necessarily the longest guy, but it seems like a course that he could also do well at. So uh, that was what my gut was telling me, and that's who I went with. I, I think this is – yes, I was about to say, I think this is the one group that you could say it was the hardest to say there was – like, oh, this guy's a standout. This guy's a standout. I mean, I think you can look at all four of these picks and have arguments for each and every one of them. And it was probably, and not probably, it was definitely the one that I spent the most time looking at. Um, and I still, even now, second guess my pick because I'm a big Abe Answer fan, which I didn't go with. Um, he's in my wolf pack. I love the guy. Um, but I. It's a, it's a great Wolfpack entry, though. It, it really is. Abe Answer, you know, class act, good dude, like his vibe. Um, but who did you go with, Clint? Who did you actually go with? I went with Harmon, dude. Um, I, like Dave said, it, Dave's a happy dad, man. Um, no, I went with uh, I went with Harmon. Like Dave said, he's he's played – Good golf here, multiple years. Um, I think that he's got just as good of a shot as any in this group. Um, Webb Simpson, obviously, always somebody to keep in mind. Uh, Bubba, a returning champ. Um, you know, obviously, there's always the chip. I've talked about it multiple times now. But uh, I don't know. I just, it, once again, kind of one of the ones that fell into that gut, gut, 
feeling I I probably sat on this one for long longer than any other one. But for whatever reason, Harmon was he was he was harmonizing. You know, he was speaking to me. You know what's interesting about this group? Two lefties in the field, both lefties in this group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Is is that interesting, or is that just discrimination? And they both have B's for their first initial. Oh Wild. my god! And they both end with N in their last name. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who shares your sentiment, Clint? You know who shares your admiration for Brian Harmon and his success here in this first group? Tell me his name's Kid Reed. Her name is Haley. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That doesn't get me stoked. I don't know what does. I mean, Harmon would be the next guy I picked too. Yeah, out of this group. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't share your 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 thought process, Dave? Tyler, who went with Webb Simpson. Me? He doesn't share your sentiment. The next best pick. In the yeah, it was just weird to say me out of that. Like we were just talking about Brian Harmon. So, yeah. Clint, are you drink? What are you drinking? Whiskey? Man, I wish I had a glass of whiskey on some rocks right now. Oh yeah. Double nice, five. nice. No, I was just it's transitioning nice. by you saying that like the next guy you would pick would have been Brian Harmon, and I was saying like you know who doesn't share your sentiment? Tyler, the next person that I was reading off a list of people on who went with Webb Simpson. I was trying to keep the podcast going. Dave. He was I keeping it rolling. I get it. Um, no note for Webb. No note for the Webb defense. Well, see, and what the fuck? This would be one of the best ones. Like, give us a note. So what does he have? A, what does he have? A field. note? A note with every next group after this? Like, he might. He could potentially. He, he might. Well, like I mean, a, overall, Webb Simpson is a decent pick. It's like he had a note for Cantley, but it's like coupled with a guy that I think is more important to have the note with. He's like, like X and Cantley note kind of thing but we'll get to it um okay we'll get to it. but uh yeah he went with webb simpson i mean webb simpson's on my fantasy team he just came back from a long neck injury um he played at the players he made the cut which is good uh or maybe he didn't make the cut i fucking i don't know he hasn't been playing that great um actually he he missed the cut of the players he made the cut at the valspar was playing okay at the valspar and then kind of shit the bed on the weekend so he's kind of having an up and down um, he's still coming back in the swing of things. I like him at uh, at ACC. I think he could do well. I think if I weren't going with Abraham answer, I would go with Webb. Um, I think he's coming back into form. I think this is a big week for me and him on my team. I think if he doesn't show the right stuff this week, um, he's going to be could be cut. Over. Yeah, he could be cut. I think that's the next on the chopping block for my squad. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we had him in the locker room. We told him this was a pivotal week, you know, with him being absent, you know, the best ability is availability. And, you know, we, we rode the line for a while with him. And now that he's back, we wanted to see some form. And, uh, you know, this is a big week for him to stay on the, on the, on the Javi Bowen squad. But, uh, yeah, so Tyler went, with Ty, uh, Tyler went with Webb Simpson. And uh, moving over to uh, my selection and Brian's selection, we both shared Dave's uh, mindset, and we both went with Abraham Answer. The, the Mexican was going to get it done. I love it. I love it. He's I born mean, in America. Is... Okay, he has a Mexican flag. He considers himself Mexican. I don't really know what to tell you, Dave. 
I'm just saying, man, he was born on born on American soil. He could he could participate in the Olympics as an American if he wanted to. Just saying. Um, I don't think we have to get into semantics, but uh, <laughs> I love the pick of Abe Answer. I mean, it was one that I struggled with heavily because he's in my wolf pack. Um, I don't. It's think just a sentiment that... to how much I like the guy. Well, and I, I want him that. to be an American, you that. know. Well, which he is. You can, you can still like him and him not be American, though. <laughs> I know, but like you know, I want him on the home team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. I get that. I like I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. I mean, once again, I probably the toughest uh, four man group to pick out of in the in the whole squad uh, in the whole bracket. So. With that, we can uh, we can move on to the next. Yeah, next uh, next group is a Louis Ustazen group, uh, group number ten. Um, this group features Louis Ustazen, Paul Casey, Corey Connors, Alex Noren. This is also a group to me that kind of strikes me as pretty balanced, like the one before it. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure we'll get a lot of similar picks with this, but you know, this is another one where you could kind of convince yourself of just about anything in this group if you think long enough. Um, starting on my side, I did convince myself long enough, and with the recent pickup of my squad, I went with Alex Norin taking this group. I've seen him play Ooh. awesome quite a bit. Um, the Swede. I, I, I love how much he, he also just better. picked this guy up, so it could be a little he bit just, of that involved with he it. He just said that. Just say that. He just said that. <laughs> Gosh, damn it! I love joining these here and there um moving on uh i I, he's a great ball striker you know i don't need to belabor the point of why he's he's a good pick it's it's a bit of a long shot but like i said i need to mix it up in this bracket to show some diversity and and try to get some flyers out there Um, moving over to to ryan's picks he went one step up with the uh Corey connors with Corey connors that's right with the canadian Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. who's on my team yeah who is on Dave's team, um, who could probably get behind the, you know, the ball striking pick here. And, uh, you know, he won in Valero, uh, you know, the year before Speed did, and, uh, you know, probably can find some success at this golf course too. Um, I don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, I really don't. I don't think it's too bad. Is this the only uh, squad that has zero Americans in it? I think it might be. Right. I think it might be. This is the only full international field that we have here, um, which is, you know, just a just a conversation well, piece. Well, that's kind of the point of like w, WGCs, like WGCs are World Golf Championships, Group which they're kind of doing away with. They got rid of some and like they got rid of the Mexico tournament, which is a bummer because that course was really fun to watch, but Group number 13, Tyrrell Hatton. Oh, I know. Sorry. Daniel Berger's in that group. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. But either way, just a just a random point. But, um, yeah, I mean, Corey Connors, obviously, uh, I, this was very similar to the last one. Um, one of the other ones that it's kind of like you, you got to really sit back and think on this one because anybody's a player. And uh, – I can see I could see points to each and every one on this one. So I went with Alex Noren, who's fourth seed in that group. 
Ryan went with Corey Connors, who was third seed in that group. And then Tyler went with Paul Casey, who was second seed in that group. So we're just slowly bumping up that, uh, that seeding order with this group. Um, I'll hold the Corey Connor comments because, you know, someone else has chosen Corey Connors, or I'm sorry, uh, Paul Casey, who's on this podcast. So we'll hold the, the, the comments until then. Um, but transitioning over to Haley's picks, um, we bump up one more time up to that Louis Eustazen pick. She, she took the oost. She chose, um, besides John Rahm and Colin Morikawa, her third top seeded selection was Louis Eustazen. The, the smooth well, swing in, the even keeled South African. And I mean, oost. He's oosty. I mean, he's there's been, one guy. He's played well in this course before in the past, I'm pretty sure, too. No, he definitely has. And he plays – he can play well anywhere. I mean, the guy's somebody that you can never Whoa. count Let's out. not go That's... too far with that. Bro, he fucking – he always finds his way into – I'd like to see him on Harvey Pinnock and see how he does. Uh, okay, touche. Is he playing foot golf or is he playing real golf? What are we talking about? Foot golf. Of course. <laughs> um, so – I mean, the Oost is somebody – he finds his way into conversation pieces on damn near every major. I mean, the guy, he can play golf. I mean, it's – I can see where the pick comes from. Um, I had him on my team last year, uh, on my fantasy team, that is. Um, I mean, he he scored a lot of points for me last year. I mean, the dude the dude makes cuts. The dude can, can put himself in – for you if we had the five-pointer uh, system – or the top five point system in place because he was just performing like a goddamn maniac in majors. I, he was second, third, and second, and third, and fucking. I mean, he's just right. Th- yeah, he was. Yeah, I would have won last year, and it would have been a question. But you know, I don't know. Rom could have. I only lost by fives. one point. Let's not do this. Let's not. Only lost this. by one point, but not. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not even. I'm not even bitter about it. I'm fine. I didn't. I'm the only player in the whole fucking thing that didn't drop a player last year. I hung on to my team. I Which trusted could have been them. to your demise. Could it have been, Dave? I only lost by a point, but I did lose. We don't have to go over it. If we would have had the system that we have this year, I would have won. Doesn't matter. We're over it. I don't know that. We're over it. We're over it. Let's move on. Okay, so is it to Let's me? Move to, I, yeah. Let's move on to your pick. I, I chose Paul Casey as well. Um, the dude is... Tyler did. Tyler did. Um, I mean, he he's uh, he's been playing consistent golf. Uh, I think that um, once again, there's there's plenty of plenty of people in this in this one that you could easily pick, and it's like you're gonna have a good point. You're gonna have a a, a say. I mean, he's he's kind of the 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 gut one for me on this one. Um, I don't know. He's, he's once again, he, well, once again, very similar to your Sergio, uh, comment. I mean, he's, he's been in a lot of match play, uh, and, and he does well. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking great ball striker. I mean, Paul Casey's somebody that you think of that can play golf and, and I think that he can, (laughs) he can do it well, you know, okay. He can play golf well, people. Hell yeah, he can. Every single name is PC Paul K, so he's politically correct, and he's an Englishman, and that's all we need to know about that. 
every single year I think he's going to be irrelevant, and every single year he's maintained some semblance of form. So I never rule him out, I suppose. I mean, he's um, still in the top twenty. I mean, like anybody that's in the top twenty, that's that's a heavy that's a heavy accomplishment with how with how gnarly this field is right now. You know. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, in this group. Uh, one last one, uh, the turn of phrase, uh, the house is undivided between Dave and Haley. He also went with Louis Oosthuizen. Wow. Oh, he's an Oost man. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot that needs to be said about the Oost. Um, like I was saying before, he has done well here in the past. Um, Corey Connors is on my fantasy team, but that did not stop me from picking the Oost. Um, the rest of the group didn't really have to bat an eye towards. It was really between Connors and Oost for me, and the Oost wanted out, and I mostly put that up to his putting this week. I think he's going to roll the rock. That's usually what gets it done for the man, and uh, yeah. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Moving down to the next group, group number seven, the Zaner Shoffley group. Once again, we have five teams with consensus on this pick. Five teams that are chalked (laughs) for the number one seed in the group with Zaner Shoffley getting through. But there is one team. Tell me me she at least went with Tony Finau. There is one bracket <laughs> that did not go with Vander Shoffley, and I'll allow you guys to venture a guess. To Tell me, Finau. I went with now. I think I know who she went with. I'll let uh, Clint Finau? go first because I think I know who she went with. You don't think she did not go with Tony Finau? So that's who, who you think, think she went with? Who do you think I think she went with, with Takumi Kanaya. Haley went with Takumi Kanaya. Wow. That's like her fourth time to pick the last seed. Well, in I the, think I know what she's bracket. doing. Like I said, dude, I I, I don't want to say she I loves- influence her, but like I give her all the tools to be able to do well in things. Well, d- does she use them? Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, I, like I said, I think I know what she was using. This is her fifth lowest seed choice pick okay i thought it was fourth i thought it was fourth well i will say um she loves an underdog story and i can appreciate that (laughs) i can appreciate that but let's i mean like can we talk about i mean x gonna give it to you dude like come on it's i've got him i've got him uh i mean i picked xander as well I think this is the easiest pick on the board. Um, if not, or unless, except for the ROM one, I think this is the easiest pick on the board. I, I just don't see Finau's form is bad right now. Lucas Herbert is iffy. He's played some decent rounds. And Takumi Kanaya shouldn't even be in the field. <laughs> Look, he, he doesn't even play consistently on the PGA Tour. He has his OWGR position from the Asian Tour. Like, no, I'm out. It's, I get it. I get it. X X is taking it. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. And I don't I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on this one because there's I, a lot uh, of I'm surprised kid kid went there with his recent things with the old Saudi and whatnot with X and the recent dispatching from his, his wolf pack from X. Like, I, I, I don't I don't dislike Xander. Like you I, popped him out of your wolf pack? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, did. Xander, Xander is no longer in, in your boys. Like a zit, he popped. Wow, who'd you pop him out? And what? Who'd you turn him into? I replaced him <laughs> with the boy Hobby Hovland. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, number three in the world, I see it. Well, it's it's more about his just love of his 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 positive spirit of life is just really what brings me life. You know, his zest for life is I, what I, does I really it for you. I think he might be the most exuberant, enthusiastic, just altogether just. Just light of my life, Hovland. Whoa. Light of your life, <laughs> What the Amazing. Fuck? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, you know I what? Mean, I can appreciate He's sparking joy for me right now. Like, truly. He's I can, I can see that. You literally life. just said that he's the light of your life. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I did it. That is quite the sentiment. That was okay. Sunday for me last year. Okay. That's hobbling for me this year. Someone just, whenever you see the telecast on, you see Javi on it, you're just like, God, oh, man, I'm just. That short that's the light of my life right so... there. <laughs> <laughs> you see that guy on the screen right there? That's the light of my that's life. That's the light of my life. I love it. <laughs> well, he's four, he's four brackets away. Let's get down. Let's keep going. Oh, I didn't choose him, but I, he's the light of my life. Uh, oh, you went with Zalatoris? Interesting. <laughs> All right, moving down to the JT group. We've got ourselves some interesting dogs in the mix here. Some really interesting dogs in the mix. Um, you know, starting <laughs> off on my side, wrapping back, uh, you know, I went with an interesting pick here. I went with Justin Thomas picking this group. Uh, oh wow! He he only played lights out in Valspar despite a couple wobbly holes on Sunday. Um, he looks like a goddamn killer right now. Um, yeah, I went with the guy who's. It's not if if you want to make an argument, it's Colin Morikawa. It's JT is the greatest ball striker on tour right now. I think he has more shots in the bag than anyone on the fucking planet besides Tiger. Um, he could put it through any window, through any set of trees, under any height level, with any amount of spin or shape required. He's fucking a savant. I'm going with JT. How dare you I disrespect mean, JoJo Spieth like that? I stand by it. He stands by it. Well, you know, they, depending on how you picked your brackets, could be going head-to-head. But uh, I went with JT as well, kid. Um, I mean, I think that... I share your sentiment in a lot of ways. Um, I put my boy Morikawa against him. Um, but at the same time, he's got, he's got fight. He's got, uh, I think he has a pretty heavy side of him that is just like when you just think of competitive down nature, the, uh... competitive nature, I mean, he's, 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 top dog i mean he's going to be barking up the tree he's gonna be he's gonna be fighting so i i agree i mean it's a it's a great pick for this round even though the kids is in the mix the leash who you can never count out 
um, is in this one. But I mean, I think it's a no brainer that uh, JT JT makes it out of this one. Dave, you had a statistic or something. You were trying to say something. Go ahead. Um, I just, uh, I don't, so I think Morikawa is really good at what he does. I think that JT, if I had to put my money on someone who, if you could simulate tons of different shot scenarios and put trees wherever you wanted to and put them different bundles of the trees in like different areas. I think JT would make his way out of those scenarios much better than Morikawa because I feel like he's more well-versed. I think Morikawa has kind of like dialed golf down to like, I can get away with doing this the most efficient way possible and has like one specific game plan that he does all the time. Whereas JT can kind of hit whatever shot he needs to in a given situation and is just kind of more well-versed. Um, but uh, I could, yeah, I could somewhat battle that, but um, no, I mean, I agree, but JT does have a, a little bit more time on tour as well to, um, it's not even so, that though jt no, can hit any it, type of draw shot he wants you don't really, like morikawa can hit a draw but like jt can hit any draw he wants the way i would boil this down is that morikawa has mastered a shot that has the least margin of error out of anyone on tour he has perfected his baby fade with his clubs and that has worked handsomely for him across his career I think to Dave's point is that if you had a computer that generated shot shapes at this apex level, at this amount of curvature, at this speed, with this spin rate, JT is most likely to be able to match anything a machine would throw at him to do. And, I, and JT to me brings an artistry to golf that I don't think anyone besides Tiger can replicate. And I, I fucking stop that. disrespecting Jordan Spieth. I won't, t I will not say it again. I won't do it, dude. Fucking stop that. <laughs> <laughs> if JT's up there in that computer simulated shin, shit, Jordan is right there too. Like a prime Jordan Spieth can hit any fucking shot needed, hands down. He's gonna hit the shot. I so. I can I can fall in line with Dave on that. I am a big J Spieth fan, so I can I can I can. It doesn't fucking in. sound like it right now. Hey. Hey guys, guys, power, guys! That's, we're that's, talking that's, about one. We're talking. Hey, Jay Spee's in the next mix. Let's just talk about him in the next mix. JT yeah, out of this round. Him. It's a no. It's a no brain. Let's go. <laughs> the, the you did. I'm sorry. What? We won't I, even. Let's. We'll get to that in a second. But the next thing I. One thing I want to touch to put a bow on this is that on. I guess technically it was Sunday or Saturday whenever the mm -hmm. conditions were fucking crazy at the Players Championship. And they restarted, you know, JT and Saturday. On it was Saturday on, on 17. And who went into the water three times on that hole? Who couldn't flight their ball and get creative with their approach shot out of that group? Was it Colin Morikawa? I think it was Colin Morikawa. Then who flighted their ball perfectly to hit the green each time? It was JT. Hmm. That's not the top. That's not what I was thinking, but I, now I know what you're thinking now. But yeah. He's right. Clint. I mean, yeah, no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that he's right. But um, wasn't there like a, a guy 
I don't remember his name. I think it was Tiger Woods who blew up on a water hole one time. And did he hit it in three times? Uh, I can't remember. Some of the greats do things like that. Okay. It happens. There are a year where he was having his back issues and then went into a spiral of, of substance abuse. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah, okay. I mean everybody plays bad holes. That's kind of I mean it we're we're playing we're we're fucking with each other right now. But it, like the thing is I feel more like it the point of that whole conversation is I feel more confident throwing JT as my guy in to hit whatever shot necessary as opposed to Morikawa because I feel no. like there's an area of Morikawa's game that he just isn't as you know efficient in in as the other guys and but he has mastered he has mastered the other side which gets a lot of it it gets done a lot of the time and he has mastered it at an insanely young age what i'm saying is he has time to get to jt's level with being able to shape the shots the way they're just talking about he's never gonna be a jt he's he's not he's never gonna be Listen, and I'm I'm not a, like a huge JT fan. Is the thing I just can see talent like in different ways in the golf. In my, I guess Morikawa is just a different you, thing. If you look at Morikawa's accolades, uh, yeah, well, I'm no, not no, and I'm not and I'm not and I'm not I'm not taking offense to it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like he's got time to be able to perfect different parts of his game. And his accolades at his point in his career are better than JT's accolades at that point in JT's career. So, well, he has I two mean, majors and JT has one. So he's essentially, in my opinion, already out, already bested JT. And that's, so, and that's to my point. And that's to my point. What I'm saying but, is like, it comes back to what you it, weigh PJ Tour events because JT does have 14 PJ Tour wins. And Morikawa has what three, four? Yeah, like, but to that to that point, kid, we'd be going back to the fucking deep because he has concession. Be, he has that first PGA Tour win, and he has the two majors, so he has at least four and two majors. But we'd be but, talking uh, about the fucking DJ Brooks conversation all over again, and you didn't weigh that for shit against DJ and Brooks. Yeah, but we're talking about ten more wins, ten. Right, but he's also got four more years on tour. Yeah, but they're only two or three years apart. Colin Morikawa came on tour later than JT did. It's definitely way more than two years apart. That, that's what JT I'm saying. They're four years. Did they're 28? Colin Morikawa's 25. It's two or three years. Four. He's 20. He's 24. But either way, I'm. He's been on tour four years less than JT. Why are you holding that against JT, who got on tour quick? Regardless, my I'm not, point, I'm not whole, my point I'm talking is, about I don't even, the longevity of how long he's been on there and what he's done in that amount of time. Clint, That's all I'm talking Clint, about. Clint Colin is Moore saying Kawa like he has 25. time to like he, but he went to all four years of school and stuff like that. But uh, anyways, Clint is saying like Colin Morikawa has time to like develop and get to the point where JT is. But what I think is that he doesn't desire to do what call, uh, what JT does. Like, Colin Morikawa is perfectly happy 
doing what he do- is doing right now. Like it works well for him and he's going to continue to do that. Like, I don't think we're going to see Morikawa just like shaping shots on tour. Like if he can, if he can hit his little cut every time he's going to, and even if it's not the best shot, he's going to probably still hit that shot. If he thinks he has a, you know, a decent percent, like if it's less than 50%, he may still consider it, you know? Look, I'm just disputing the whole like his career is like way better. Like we're talking about one more major than the other. I didn't guy. say I didn't say I'm way. I didn't say I'm way. Talking about Dave's response. I, Did I'm I say saying... way better? I said better, right? I don't think I said way better. But look, he has ten more wins than him, one less major, like, and he's only two years older than him, like, or three years older than him. He's 28, 25. Like, it's. Let's see where the chips fall in three more years' time. Colin came, came out, you know, hot at the beginning of his career. And like the Rory quote, like the Patrick Harrington quote, they're, they get to come in ignorant and just shoot for the fences, and they, don't, they haven't built that scar tissue yet. So it would be interesting to see what happens, you know, in three, four more years. It happened with Brooks. You know, people get on hot streaks. It happened to Spieth. People get on hot streaks. You know, let's see what happens, you know, for the next little while. I mean, I made a bet with Colin or with Dave and Ryan that at the end of the year, Colin Morikawa would be number one in the world. Like, I have faith in Morikawa, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm not quite ready to say that at the end of the day. And I'm not saying either of you are saying this, but I wouldn't be surprised if JT at the end of their careers has more majors and far more wins. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but I mean, I mean, he, he made a PGA Tour cut at fucking 16 years old. I mean, like, he's had a longer career in the PGA by far. Granted, take the age difference apart. Like Dave said, to his point, you know, Morikawa went through four years of school. Like, JT made a PGA Tour cut at, at 16. I mean, we're, we're just talking about a much longer career on the PGA for the time frame. Like, if we took – back to JT at 25 he's had he had nine wins oh right but and much 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 more time on the tour like double the time on the tour so I mean like Morikawa has eight like close-ish but he has to perform at his existing level for the same amount of time so you know we'll see where the time shakes yeah I mean like the, the time hasn't expired so he's got plenty of time to possibly catch up to that extent so once again, I mean, it's all, it's theoretical. Any of, any of the talk is just one I mean, question it, it, though. You never know. One question. Where, where do we think Rick shakes out on all this? <laughs> Moving on to the next group. Um, <laughs> the Jordan Spieth group, group number 11. Um, Oh, and just to finish that off, uh, four teams chose Justin Thomas uh, with a chalk pick, and then Haley and I believe Tyler, if I have this correct, went with Kevin Kisner. That is okay. Well, let's just touch on Kevin Kisner real quick. He has won the tournament in the past. He is an Irons player, Irons player, great, great putter, known for his putting, and this is a course that suits him well. Um, iron players iron player uh, yeah he really hits his long irons really well because he's not the longest guy 
Um, he's not like a fucking Morikawa or something like that, but he hits his irons well, especially his long irons. Yeah, I always just think of that phrase as like an iron player's iron player is like an iron player is Kyle Morikawa. And then who does Kyle Morikawa think is actually the iron player? Well, it's Kevin Kisner, of course. <laughs> who knows, man? Haley, that Tyler, could Kevin very well be that case. could very well be what Morikawa thinks. He's like, damn, I wish I could hit it like Kiz. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to the Spieth group. Uh, you know, Spieth gets to play with his hero, the guy whose swing he wanted to emulate growing up, the guy who was his favorite player on tour growing up, uh, playing alongside Adam Scott. And then uh, Justin Rose and Keegan Bradley. Um, Dave, who did you have coming out of this group that you were really holding up as just the greatest shaper of, of golf shots that could do anything on planet Earth with the ball in this group? Who do you think was – who do you, th- who do you got taking this group, Dave? I picked Keegan Bradley. That's about as interesting of a <laughs> fucking pick as I can – think of <laughs> um this is just one of those picks where i uh I it doesn't make like... any sense yeah i get that <laughs> yeah i get that it uh it's just one of those picks where i felt like you know i love speed he hasn't done well in this tournament in the past and he's been there for every year <laughs> every year it's happened he's been there if he hasn't he's maybe been there every year, which is crazy. It may it, he may not have been there one year, but he no, has COVID not done well. Him. COVID saved him. He wasn't going to be in it in 2020, but um, he clawed back. But yeah, I don't think it's a good course for him. I just don't think it's a good course for him. So that kind of ruled Spieth out for me. Um, Adam Scott, I thought about Rose. I thought about it was honestly hard between the three of them. I, I really did not have speed in this. I know I backed the boys' feet, but I don't you know, think it's it course was for very him. obvious out of Jordan Speed, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, who's had questionable form as of recently, and Keegan Bradley that for sure. Jordan Spieth was not an option here <laughs> after I was praising him as the greatest shaper and artist of golf balls that ever lived, <laughs> but he can't get out of this group of Goliath players like Justin. Oh, Rose he definitely could. Jordan could win this tournament if he decided don't, don't, to show don't, up. Don't roll back. Come on. Don't I'm not rolling back. back. I'm just saying like, there's no one I want to win this tournament more than Jordan really right now, but yeah, I mean, except for maybe you wouldn't want to see, except for maybe Rick, but he's not in the tournament. <laughs> Special sponsor exemption: leapfrogging seven alternates, taking John Rom's spot in the first group. We have Ricky Fowler on the team. <laughs> well, yeah, there's not a person that I would want to see win more than Speed than Rick, but he's not in the tournament. But right. I think Clint, Keegan's coming out of this group. Clint, bring some sense to this podcast. Who, who I mean, gosh, damn. I mean, who do you think I have? I've got. Well, let me say point. something. I, I talked to about a lot about why I didn't pick, or I didn't really talk about why I didn't pick Spieth. 
But well, let me talk a little bit about Keegan, why I pick Keegan. Um, I feel like he is, again, like this course suits any type of golfer. Um, I feel like he's like due for some to- type of win or like to do something good. I feel like he's trending right now. Um, he's currently teamless. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, Adam Scott. Um, right before the I, tournament, you picked up Keith Mitchell, but not Keegan Bradley. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm just trying to keep the facts straight right now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Keegan Bradley versus three other guys in this group right here. You, you know, he, not he's against... due for a win just now. <laughs> he, yeah, I feel like he might be like, you know, he could pop one off randomly. You know, like Keegan's one of those guys like that. He he just gets hot for a week you know he could play some good golf and acc seems like a course just like billy horschel last year that like a person like yeah, keegan tough, bradley could a couple years stretch if we get billy ho and then keegan winning this thing i mean it would be tough but tough uh look you know austin if that was if that happens honestly it'd be a tough look to have and i look it's a tough look to go kids billy ho fucking fucking keegan that would I might have to retire even paying attention to this event if that happens. I think it says a lot about the golf course if that yeah. happens. All stars but, can't seem to make it work there. <laughs> that we get to yeah, that it's West. like a a real different test. Yeah, but it's tough. Especially to especially in a match play format. It would be cool just like if that were the case, like if someone like Keegan run this year, just to do a stroke play event to see like how it would be how it would differ. Like what kind of so what's what's interesting to me about this pick for Dave is there are 16 rounds in the first round where you know there's there's the bottom seed right and of all 16 this is likely the one that I wouldn't even contemplate and that's the one that Dave went with. Um, it's the first one that he's done too. It's the first one that he's done. It's the first one that he's done, and it's and it is legitimately probably one of two or three, well, three in sixteen that I would I wouldn't even contemplate. It wouldn't even be a question. Quick spoiler: and, It's the only one that he does. It's the only bottom one he does, which is more probably interesting. That's five, five. <laughs> Which is something in itself. Almost a third of of all the groups that she's chosen the bottom seed, which is just God, just swinging for the fucking fences. Love it, love it. Um, all right, so I, I don't think group? we. Oh, you went with speed. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, of course, of course, I went with speed. Why, why the fuck wouldn't I? I mean, Haley, give me a break. Haley went with Justin Rose. Um, you know what? I appreciate it more than Keegan Bradley. He played okay at the players, but beyond that, hasn't been looking too good. Um, you know, maybe she'll get old Justin Rose of late. You know, I think she just – she's kind of afraid to choose anyone who seems like a – Number one. You know? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, Let's I see respect – I mean, she's leaning into it, which I, I – Well, you know, Justin Rose came in hot that one event last year um, where he just had an extraordinary day one um, and then followed it up with a couple decent days. You know, I mean, he, he may have a weird – ability to get through this round but um i doubt it so 
I also doubt Keegan Bradley will. Um, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Jay Spieth uh, probably going to be able to shape his shots however he wants to make his way out of this round. All right. Moving over to Tyler. Uh, I've got two comments for you guys. Two notes from Tyler. Finally. Fucking A. The previous group, he had a note for his Kiz pick. Um, Kiz is an animal in this style of play. Kisner slash JT will be the best matchup of round robin play. They're in the same group. That's what he's saying. (laughs) That'll be the best matchup of round robin play. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. And then he has Um, a comment on Jordan. Jordan in his own backyard has a tough pod with Scott Rose and recently in better form Keegan Bradley. Would you call that tough pod? I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a tough pod. I think other people would love to trade places with Jordan and round Robin. Um, I still like him to come out of the group, but given the difficulty of it, I couldn't pick him very far. So that's a little bit of a, uh, uh, tease as to where he's going. He's like, I go with Spieth for a little bit. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he went with JoJo Spieth and his, uh, his Spieth group, uh, and he gave some notes as to why he did that. Um, Ryan, he picked him first in the draft, or second in the draft, but he had back-to-back snake picks. He went with A Jordan notorious Spieth. fucking Jordan Spieth hater, too. He's slowly warming up to him. We're starting to see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, warming up to him. Uh, yeah, he went with Spieth. And then uh, my pick for this group, uh, I went with Keegan Bradley. Shut the fuck up. No, you didn't. This is a joke. He did, didn't he? He did, didn't he? With Keegan Bradley. Am I so fucking crazy now, bro? Yes, you both are. Am I so fucking crazy now? What is going on? <sighs> Keegan. Wow. Keegan. <laughs> Keegan. Keegan. What is happening? Keegan was on kids' team last year. And how'd that work out for you, kid? I think you got me two points. Oh, killer. <laughs> he picked him up late, okay? Yeah, I chose him with like seven events to play. Um, wow, and he got you too. Wow. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> um, Dude. All right, the next group, group number. 14. Oh, do you not? Are you not going to defend? I had to sit here and defend Keegan in the flames. Are you not going to state why? I don't need. It. I don't need. I don't. Who cares? I who would really like cares? to hear it. I would like to hear it because he made me do it. Let me let me hear it, kid. Let me hear why you picked These Keegan. Are gut decisions. I think that. Group is weak. I think Adam Scott's not going to play that well there. Justin Rose, poor form. Okay, uh, hey, Jordan hold, Spieth, hold, what? I, let me, you, you asked me to explain, and then you cut me off before I even get to the fucking guy. You, well, you said call? that I feel like this group is weak. You said, like, I feel like this group is weak. That's what you said, and Jordan Spieth's name happens to be in that group, so I just wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Maybe half the group. And, and maybe I was in the process of saying it until you cut me off for the nth time this fucking That's podcast. That's fair. Um, Jordan historically hasn't played well at ACC. He hasn't performed well at this event. I think there's too much hometown pressure in terms of him being the UT golden boy. Um, and the crowd's always behind him. It, it just seems strange. He doesn't play well there. I don't think that's going to turn around. I hope I'm wrong, but you are he just wrong. hasn't shown pro- form here. And Keegan, 
I, it's less me rooting hard for Keegan and me more just fading the fuck out of Justin Rose, Spieth, and maybe Scott comes out of this. I think Scott is the other pick that I would make here, if any. Um, but I, I'm just fading Scott. I'm fading Scott. So that's I, all right. Well, can we move on to the next one? Because gosh damn, that was that was wild. All right, next group, group number 14, the Joaquin Neiman group. Uh, this should go without saying. I chose him for my squad. He's been playing great this year. He's almost at the top of the strokes gained metrics. This seems like a great course for him. I'm actually kind of bummed that it's not blowing, but I'm going with Joaquin Neiman. I, I think he's the right pick here. I think he's going to perform well. This feels like the right kind of course for him. Uh, I love the Chilean here. Sign me up. Sign him up. Plus this group, like I love Maverick. He's on my, he's on, I have two guys in this group in my fantasy. It's kind of a tough break for me that I have, to, I, I can only have one guy come out of this group um, when two of them are in it. Um, but it's double my chances for someone to get out, I guess. That's, that's also another way to look at it. Um, but Kevin Knopf, terrible form right now. Uh, I don't give a shit about your early walk-ins there with Tiger. You're a chump um, and you slow play. Uh, Russell Henley. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about you. You're you're a blank white screen in my head. You're vanilla ice cream, unsweetened with no sugar. I've had enough of even looking at your name. Um, that's what I feel. Wow. Damn, I don't think I've ever seen kid lash out at a single player like you just lashed out at Russell Henley. Holy that was shit. Great. He's he's very lackluster in kids' face. In kids' I mean, eyes. Jesus, man. You would think it was Adolf Hitler or someone. <laughs> yeah, nothing's more demeaning than calling someone unsweetened vanilla ice cream. I mean, that's how I would denounce Adolf Hitler. That's that's what my choice words for the fucking genocidal maniac. Yeah, I, it was a joke, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good. I would love to speak more on Maverick. Uh, you know, he was the first alternate guy in the field with a WD from someone. Um, you know, he's just happy to be there. It's guaranteed money for him, guaranteed FedEx points. Um, should help him get into other fields. Um, you know, it's a tough bet going up against Joaquin, but maybe he scrapes out of it. You know, it'd be great to see him there, but, you know, he'd be facing a, a stiff competition in his next matchup. You know, I would love to see him get out of it, but my money's on Joaquin. Um, you know who else has money on Joaquin Neiman? Fucking Ryan's. And you know who else has their money on Joaquin Neiman? Fucking Tyler. You know who else has their money on Joaquin Neiman? Fucking Clint. You know who else has their money on Joaquin Neiman? Nobody else because Dave went with the fucking unsweetened vanilla ice cream, Russell Henley. Wow. Did you, Dave? I went with the hen. Well, I had Neiman on my on my team last year. I was actually kind of bummed that I couldn't get him this year. Um, I mean, he's a given. He's a given in this mix. Uh, I don't I feel. Did I have Neiman last year? No. Mm, I had Neiman. No, I, d- oh, wait, I had Neiman last year. No, I had Neiman last year. For sure. Hmm. I mean, at least I think so. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty positive I did. Um, I Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm positive I had him. I had him last year. And you're an idiot. Um, but yeah, so Dave had Joaquin Neiman last year. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Clint had Colin Morikawa, Fleetwood Hatton, Louis Estes, and Mark Leishman, Ian Poulter. 
told you I had him. I knew I had him. <laughs> Either uh, way, anyways, yeah, I, I think he's a better pick because... than, uh, than the hen because. Uh, First of all, hens lay eggs, and, you know, the only fucking egg he's going to be laying is a big-ass goose egg of what he's going to do in this tournament. All right. I, uh, ben Henley. I, uh, I still think uh, Neiman's riding off of his Riviera win. I don't think he's taking too much too serious right now. Um, Kevin Nah. He is Kevin Nah. He does well at this tournament. I don't think it, this year is going to be the same thing for whatever reason. I just don't think that. Um, Maverick McNeely, um, is this his first WGC? I have no idea. Um, yeah. Uh, he could do really well or he could just not do well. I don't know about him. He's a wild card. He could, he could win out of this group. Um, but Dave, Dave, you just I, have a weird feeling that Kevin Na is going to play this week. It's not his back-to-back miscuts that he's had and his WDs uh, in his last. I season. have no. I literally have no idea what his record is coming up to this point with his tournaments like miscuts. I haven't been paying attention to Kevin Na. Um, but yeah, um, the hen, the hen, is who I went with, and that's who I think is coming out of the group. I mean. What a way to instill fear than with your nickname, the hen. You know, <laughs> you see someone charging down up the leaderboard. It's, oh God, it's the hen. It's the it's the hen. Um, you know, I skipped over Haley. You know, she has the deviated pink pick again. Uh, she went ahead and went with good old Kevin Na. Um, probably for completely different criteria than what Dave listed there or reasons why I chose not to go with Kevin Na. It could have been the fact that it was only three letters long on the board. I, I, K-N-A. <laughs> that could have been the reason. Um, I have no idea, but she went with Kevin She Na. sees something that we obviously don't within this whole field, so I think there there could be something about she might that. I think it might be pronounced Na K-N-A with a silent K. It, it could just be like Nah, like like me, nah. knuckle, you know. Like, is he gonna lose? Nah, <laughs> he's not. You know, it could be that. You never he's know. Not anyway, gonna lose? Oh nah. Right, okay, right. on. Okay, hey, and uh, uh, also, we're probably. I mean, we're going into the last one here. But we're probably going to have to move like maybe like a little bit faster. I think we're about two hours and a yeah, half. The rest of this is going to be a lot quicker. And uh, at this practice. point. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got through that. We're into the last group. We're in group number three with the number one or the number three player in the we're world. We're in the 16th group we've talked about. It's the number three uh, seed. Thanks, Dave. All right, so we've got Victor Hovland. <laughs> we've got the boy, Zalatoris, who is the man. Love the kid. Uh, we've got Cameron Tringale, and then we've got fucking Straka. Oh, um, I, forgot a I, I forgot a couple uh, Tyler comments. Uh, Neiman and Canley possess that silent killer persona that I think will play up this tournament. Um. 
And then he also had a comment for Xander, which is Xander got the easiest pod. Fino's been bad, and the other two are overseeded. Um, Luke, Lucas Herbert and Takumi Kanaya is who he's mm-hmm. called overseeded. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that means like their seeds, their inflated world ranking points or something. Um, but, uh, you know, let's just start with Tyler here. I know I'm going out of order with this last group, but I think it's worth saying because Tyler has unleashed his sleeper pick. Um, he's played his trap card. <laughs> he is playing Sept Straka to come out of this, this final group here. Straka. This is his reasoning. Um, he recently won, and I like that momentum to carry him through during the round robin, considering how lousy the short games of both Hovland and Zalatoris have been. That's his reasoning. Amazing. Amazing reasoning. Um, wait till that blows up in his fucking face. Well, it's not, it's not an if, it's when, and, and that win is going to be as soon as the tournament starts. That's withdraws. i mean give me a fucking break here that's gotta be i mean like i of all the picks out there i would defend every single one of haley's last person picks over this one i mean like legitimately that's that's bold that's bold by the boy tyler just isn't gonna cut it like not that sepstraka is you know a, a, a hugely worse golfer than someone like Keegan or, or, or Takumi Kanaya or something like that. But no, it's just that there's that three far beat, better golfers in this mix. <laughs> he has to beat Hovland or Zalatoris or the triangle. Even the triangle is in this group that can take, take him out. I've got the triangle. I have the triangle on my team. But you didn't choose him. Four of, of the course brackets, I didn't. Four of the brackets selected the number three player in the world, Victor Hovland. And I'm sure you guys yeah, can of guess course. who the other person who didn't choose Hovland is. That's not Tyler. Dave. No. Dave chose Kidding. Hovland first in the draft. Um, he went with Hovland. No, it was Haley. Haley didn't go with Hovland. She oh, no. Cameron Tringale. Of course. <laughs> of course <laughs> he did. Of course she did. Of course she went with Drangali. I I don't think we need to belabor why we chose Victor Hovland. He's on a hot streak. He's the number three player in the world. Could easily get up to number one in the world with how he's been playing recently. He's been hotter form than both Rom and Colin Kawa over the course of the last six weeks. He looks incredible. He's he's the light of my life. (laughs) He's going to get it done. He's going to get it fucking done. Why is he the light of your life? Like, we don't have to go there. We have to move on. We have to start getting through the rest of this because dude, it's gonna I'm go way like, faster, Clint. I get it. Has, if you gotta bail, you gotta bail, to. man. We're making no, this. I don't speed round starts now. It really does. Okay. All right. Dave, All right. Run us through the rest. Are we speed skating? <laughs> run us through the rest of your bracket, Dave, starting in the top left. Your next matchup is against John Rom and Shane Lowry. Who do you got winning that matchup? Okay, I'll just – should I run through my bracket, just go yeah. on through it? How about you just respond to my questions that I proposed that's to a, you that's a great start. in this podcast format? <laughs> okay, well, on the top left we have in my bracket, I had Shane Lowry and John Rom going through. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. <laughs> that's very similar to what kid said 
Um, <laughs> I had John Rom. I had John Rom winning that match. Okay, moving yep. down to the nine group versus the eight group, you have Taylor Gooch versus Dustin Johnson. Who do you got winning that matchup? I got DJ taking that one. No more for the Gooch. Um, moving down to the five group versus the twelve group, you have Scotty Chef versus Billy Ho. Who do you got winning that matchup? Well, I can tell you I don't have the horseshoe. I have the chef making the meal of the horse. The meal okay. of the horse. <laughs> uh, moving down to group 13 versus group four, Daniel Berger versus Patrick Cantlay. It's group 17 versus four. or Yeah, 13. Never mind. Sorry. Um, I have Cantlay beating Berger. Moving over to the other side, we've got Colin Morikawa versus Abraham Answer. Who do you got winning this matchup? I got the Cowbell, Morikawa. Okay, the Cowbell. Um, <laughs> uh, you, on your next matchup, you've got Louis Stazen versus Xander Shoffley. Who do you got winning this matchup? I've got the Shoff Dog, Shoffley. All righty. Moving down to the Artiste. JT versus Keegan Bradley. Who now we're talking, we're calling him the artiste. Like, how, man? Hey, hey, the fucking artiste that you described, you didn't even pick. So just move on. I gave valid reasons for not picking him. Okay. But yeah, Keegan Bradley was his name. And that's weird. I went with JT over Keegan in that matchup. Alrighty. Moving down to the 14 versus three group, Russell Henley versus Victor Hovland. Who do you got taking this matchup, Dave? Javi. All right. All right. Um, all right. Let's move back over to the other side. We have John Rom, world number one versus Dustin Johnson, world number is that eight now? Holy shit. Dustin Johnson has fallen to eighth in the world. <sighs> wow. All right. Um, Makes me think about Jimmy's pick when he was number two in the world. We all kind of knew he was hmm, heading down. Um, who do you got winning this matchup, Dave? John Rom versus Dustin Johnson. Rom dog. Huh, weird. Um, Sky Chef versus Patrick Cantley. The Chef. All right. Colin Morikawa versus Xander Shoffley. Um, I have Morikawa. And then JT versus Javi. Yeah, it. I have JT coming out on top over Javi. JT beating out Dave, number one pick in the draft, the man who he refuses to acknowledge. <laughs> All right, moving over to the other side in the semifinals, John Rom versus Scotty Chef. Who's taking it, Dave? I have Rom Dog going going coming out over the chef. That's a matchup I, hate- I would love to see. I would love to see that go head to head. It would be because the last time they went head to head in match play, Dave, what happened at the Ryder Cup? What happened? Sky Chef fucking took him down, baby. The chef took down the Goliath Rom at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, listen, Cup dude, I was Sunday. cheering for the chef. I know what happened, but Rom was <laughs> quite the man during that week. He was the guy who was holding the European team up on his shoulders. He was doing everything he could to keep that team alive, and I don't hold anything against him. All right, what else? 
Kyle Moore versus JT. <laughs> Who do you got winning this matchup, Dave? Uh, I the have ball JT. striking conversation all over again. I have JT winning it. The guy, <laughs> weird. This is so crazy. Um, all right, Dave, your final matchup: John Rom, world number one, versus JT, world number six. I have John Rom winning the fucking Dell match play. Whoa, Dave chose the number one player in the world to win the tournament. Crazy. <laughs> Nuts. Dave, Listen. you know what's funny is, like, as far as overall, after round one, um, there's a lot of similar picks for you and I, but it all and ends it goes, very differently. I have to say and I it have, ends very differently. I, I have Every single the chef one is the chalk in third. Every single I have one is the, the chef pick. in third, okay? Cool. Um, every single pick is the chalk pick, more or less. He went with the top seed in almost all of his matchups, um, apart from the uh, chef and the Cantlay and then the Morikawa and the JT thing. But, you know, all of the semifinals and, like, quarterfinals are, like, top 10 in the world. So, I went with JT – or I went with DJ. Who's number And I went with Cantlay. And I went with Shoffley. Who's, like, number I went with Shoffley. <laughs> Dave, you you went with the top there. picks in the world yeah but i mean i get it um all right all right clint let's run through it you had also rom against lowry who'd you go with john rom you had lee westwood versus dustin johnson who's coming out of this boxing match this is a stone cold given it's obviously the boy dj all right chef versus billy ho the chef is moving on. D Bird versus Cantlay. And this is an interesting one. I know it is, but I've got the Berg making it through. Yes, Ooh. you do. You deviated from Dave. Um, all right, other side, Colin Morikawa versus Brian Harmon. Who do you got winning this one? That's an obvious. That's a Morikawa win all the way. All right, Paul Casey versus Xander Shoffley. Who do you got taking this? The Shoff. I mean, X is going to give it to you. He's always going to give it to you. He's capable of doing so. All right, you've got the best friends matching up. JT versus Speed. Who do you got taking this? Damn. And I mean, I I would rather say Speed, honestly, um, but I'm not because we know that he hasn't played that great here. And I think JT's just got a little bit more fire right now, and he's playing better golf, so – it's a JT for me. This always somehow happens is that JT and Speeth are in opposite group stage and they if they both got through they would play each other and yet every time they haven't done that together whether it's getting through a JT getting through they've somehow continually miss each other in the round of 16. Um, I'll be pumped if they don't this time. All right, so Neiman versus Javi, who do you got taking that? Yeah, that's a Javi all day. Not even a question. All right, jumping back over, Rom versus DJ. Who do you got winning this thing? So this is probably unpopular opinion, but because he is a defending champ, I have DJ moving through. He's not defending, but he's a past champ. That's what I said. They met up in the finals. DJ bested Rom, so you know, kudos, kudos to him on that. Um, chef yep. versus D Berg. Who do you got taking this? I got the chef all day. Fucking love it. I fucking love it. 
Um, Colin Morikawa versus Xander Schauffele. Who do you got? So this was another one that uh, I took a gut pick for some reason um, over like what I would do 98% of the time. I would take Colin Morikawa. Um, but I had a weird feeling about the X right here, and I, I went with Xander. All right. JT versus Javi. I took JT. I took JT. I know Javi's been playing great golf. But uh, head on head, I'm I'm taking JT. I'm taking him. All right, moving over to the semifinals on the other side. DJ versus the Chef. I think the Chef has something to prove, man. He went to UT. He's a Texas boy. Um, he came runner-up last year, and I don't think he's going to be okay with coming runner-up this you year. Today he got runner-up last year. You learned tonight on the pod. <laughs> I knew it, and I remembered well. All right. Other side semifinals, Xander Schauffele versus Justin Thomas. Who's taking this one? JT is going to beat out X on that All one. All right. Out of the two brackets, we have JT making the finals in both. Um, in your third-place battle, which uh, is between DJ and Schauffele, who wins that? I went ahead and gave that to DJ. Really? We think he's going to care at that point? <laughs> I don't think he is, but I think that he's just so good that he's probably going to take third. All right. Coming down to the finals, the chef versus JT, who is taking the dub? He's going to cook it up all fucking day. He's going to go ahead and he's going to stay from second place into first take the champion and he's just going to sizzle it up the competition. It's the chef. So his third win, his third career win, his third win in like six weeks, his Correct. third win for the season. And I think with that win, he would go to the number fucking one in the chef, world. baby. I think he would go to number one in the world with a win there. Well, and I, I think that he has, that. I think he has, every ability in the world to do that I, and, I, that's obvious you chose it i i believe you when you say that yeah i've got the chef you come know, on uh, my guy i certainly can't let dave miss Haley's bracket breakdown so i'll wait until he gets back from the bathroom so i'll i'll skip over to tyler's um yep go ahead and uh and, and break down tyler's so he has between john rom and shane lowry lowry taking it um, wow that's between, amazing between lee westwood and dustin johnson he has dj taking it between and thomas peters he has chef taking it between Berger and patrick cantley he has cantley taking it between morikawa and webb simpson he has morikawa taking it between paul okay. casey and xander shoffley he has xander shoffley taking it between kisner and spieth he has kisner taking it between Joaquin wow. Neiman and Sepp Straka, he has Joaquin Neiman taking it. Dave, I'm going through Tyler's bracket right now. I've saved Haley for you, so I, I skipped over her for now. Um, on the other side, after defeating John Rom, Shane Lowry in the quarterfinals <laughs> is taking on Dustin Johnson. And he's besting Dustin Johnson as well. Shane Lowry makes it to the semifinals in Tyler's bracket. Um, Scheffler versus Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay is besting the chef. 
on the other side, it is Colin Moore Cowell versus Xander Shoffle. Xander Shoffle best Cantley or uh, best Colin Moore Cowell uh, on Tyler's bracket, and then Kisner versus Joaquin Neiman. Joaquin Neiman best uh, Kevin Kisner. At which point we're moving over to the semifinals on the other side. Shane Lowry versus Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley wins it. He is on to the finals. And then we have Xander Shoffley versus Joaquin Neiman. Joaquin Neiman, the best Xander Shoffley to make it in the finals. In his third place battle, it is Shane Lowry versus Xander Shoffley. He has Shane Lowry getting third. And in the finals... A respectable Patrick finish Cantlay, from the Irishman. In the finals between Patrick Cantley and Joaquin Neiman, he has Patrick Cantley getting the match play win. That is a very, very, very interesting back bracket. I was going to say the same uh, thing. What a weird fucking bracket. All right. We're going to save Haley for last. <laughs> I, would, I would love to do that. Um, all right. So moving on to Tyler's bracket, uh, he has John Rom. Kid, you have just pushed your microphone away from your fucking face like a mile. It's because it's his bracket is on the this screen that's being blocked by it, but I'll read through the microphone. Um, John Rom versus is this? this is Ryan's. Uh, John Rom versus Brooks Kepka. He has John Rom taking it between Lee Westwood and Max Homa. He has Max Homa beating Lee Westwood. Um, between Scotty Chef and Tom Hoagie, he has Scotty Chef taking it. Between Daniel Berger and Patrick Cantlay, he has Daniel Berger taking it. Love that pick. On to the other side, he has Colin Morikawa versus Abraham Answer. He has Morikawa taking it. Between Corey Connors and Xander Shoffley, he has Xander Shoffley taking it. Between Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, he has Justin Thomas taking it. That is now three for three on... Uh, you know, I guess two for two on that matchup, taking it three for three on what I'm seeing there. Um, I don't even know what Tyler did. Do I have to go back and look? No, he had speed taking that group and he had Kisner beating out JT. So <laughs> that matchup never even happened. Um, Joaquin Neiman versus Victor Hovland. Uh, Ryan has uh, Joaquin Neiman besting. Whoa. Wow. Yep. Um, <laughs> Moving over to the other side, it is now John Rom versus Max Homa. He has John Rom taking the matchup. Um, between Scotty Chef and Daniel Berger, he has Scotty Chef besting Daniel Berger. Over at Colin Morikawa versus Xander Shoffle, he has Colin Morikawa taking it. JT versus Joaquin Neiman, he has JT taking it. Now in the yep. semifinals, John Rom versus the Chef, he has. Scotty Chef besting the number one in the world going yes. to the finals. And on the other side of the finals, uh, from Kyle Morikawa versus Justin Thomas, once again, Justin Thomas has made his way to the finals. Wow. In the third place battle, it is John Rom versus Kyle Morikawa, and John Rom, world number one, beats world number two, Kyle Morikawa. And just like everybody else that gets in there, the chef wins it. And JT does not clinch the victory on that Sunday for Ryan's bracket. That's pretty funny that me and Ryan have the same two in the finals and the same victor. I mean, we our quarters were... There's no victor. Victor doesn't make it to the finals. 
Touche to the comment. Same champion, if you will. Uh, yeah. Um, but yes, um, I can I can dig that. I can dig that. Uh, I can dig that bracket by my my boy Ryan. All right, I'm heading over to my bracket now. There's two remaining, mine and Haley's. Um, I have John Rom versus Eric Van Ruyen, and I have John Rom besting the South African. I was surprised by that. I really was. Now, I don't have the JT Spieth matchup, who are best friends, but I do have the Taylor Gooch-Max Homa matchup, who are best friends, which I think is notable. Um, and I'm going with Max Homa taking the matchup there. Um, I have Scotty Chef versus Tom Hoagie. I'm going with Scotty Chef. And then I have Daniel Berger versus Patrick Cantley. I am going with Daniel Berger. On the That's side, three for three on that matchup. What do you mean? I mean, of the three people that have had Daniel Berger and Patrick Cantlay, three have gone I mean, with Daniel Berger. It seems Dave like most Patrick of the people Cantlay have taken it. I think most of the people have had Chef uh, going pretty far so far, though. I mean, well, yeah, he's talking accurate. about Daniel Berger versus Cantlay, though, and most people. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have had uh, I had Cantlay going to semis. Oh, okay. So Dave's so we're three for four on that one. Anyway, well, and, on and with the Tyler, close. Tyler had Cantlay winning it as well. Oh, idiots. It's a it's a bit of a mix. Um, <laughs> moving over to the other side, I've got Sergio Garcia versus Abraham Answer. We got two Spanish speakers just spitting fire at each other. I love it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hyped to see that matchup when it happens. Um, I've got Abraham Answer besting the Spanish stallion. Um, then I have Alex Norin versus Xander Schauffele. I have Xander besting Alex Norin. Um, then I have JT versus Keegan Bradley and I have JT taking it. Um, oh, I'd like how you pause, like you were going to go with Keegan. <laughs> and then I have Joaquin Neiman versus Victor Hovland. I'm going with Victor Hovland, the best Joaquin Neiman. Um, yeah. Heading over to the quarterfinals. I've got John Rahm world number one versus Max Homa. I've got Max Homa taking it. Wow. Um, and then Scotty Chef versus Daniel Berger. I've got the chef taking it. Uh, it's kind of a theme for a lot of brackets right now. The chef just moving through. Um, Love it. Love it. I've got Abraham Answer versus Xander Schauffele. I've got Abraham Thanks. Answer taking it. Oh, wow. Interesting. And then I've got JT versus Victor Hovland. I've got Victor Hovland taking it. Oh, the hobby. That's a changeup. That's a changeup. And then on the other side in the semifinals, I've got Max Homa versus the Chef. I've got Max Homa taking it. Oh my God! Shit! This is the most interesting bracket so far, outside of, of course, whatever Haley brings to the table. On the other side, I have Abraham Answer versus Victor Hovland. I would love to see this matchup in the semifinals. I think this would be awesome television. I'm going with Abraham Answer to be. I fucking love. I I love it, but gosh damn, there's no way this is going down. 
and the Homa versus Abe answer is what you're saying. In the third place, I have Sky Chef versus Victor Hovland. I've got Victor Hovland taking third, number three in the world, getting the bronze. Um, now, in our championship matchup, Max Homa versus Abraham Answer, I have Max Homa in this thing. Damn it. If you're going to take him all the way Homa. to the final, you, you don't take Abe Answer. I mean, kid, what an interesting bracket you have there um i think you're gonna be so far off that you may get last place but um i mean i can appreciate some of it thanks clint (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean in our bet it's it's either you win or you lose so you know you gotta change it up and you might no you might as well shoot for the for the fences, they say, or the stars, or whatever. Yeah, I think it's swing for the fences, shoot for the stars. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, all right, I saved Haley for last. Um, we're going to be moving down her bracket. So let's start with her first one in the round of 16. John Rom, world number one versus Harold Varner the third. Haley went with John Rom, so a little bit oh, of a sensible goodness. pick to start off. Um, that makes sense. But this next one, we've got a barn burner. We've got Richard Bland versus Mackenzie Hughes. I, I can't <laughs> even imagine the gallery around this group. It's going to be fucking <laughs> three or four people deep around the entire thing. It's going to be nuts watching Dick Bland fight it around this course. Um <laughs> You know, she's got Dick Bland taking this matchup between him and Mackenzie <laughs> Hughes. Dick Bland doesn't even have a flag next to his name. That, that's, that's, that's what's going on right now with this pick on the BGA Tour website. Um, Dude, he was leading the U.S. Open after the Friday of last year. I mean, you know, the guy's got some game. Was it the PGA Championship at Kiowa or was it the U.S. US Open? Open? It was U.S. Open at okay. at uh, at Tory. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, Ian Poulter versus Tom Hoagie. Uh, she's got Ian Poulter taking this. Um. I don't think many people would dispute Ian Poulter being Tom Hoagie. I think people would more dispute either of these guys getting there. <laughs> but true. You know, okay. Sensible pick. Um. I suppose between those two folks. Um, then she has Christian Buzignhut versus Sung JM, and Haley went with Christian Buzignhut. <laughs> Clint is just confounded by these results from uh, people's brackets right now. He's just trying to guess it, and he's <laughs> just not getting there. Um, on the other side, <laughs> we've got Colin Morikawa, world number two, versus Brian Harmon world number 44 and she has brian Harmon taking it yep that's right <laughs> brian Harmon taking down colin morikawa i love it in the, next group, <laughs> in the next group she has louis ustason versus takumi kanaya and once again without a flag on his name takumi kanaya takes down louis ustason in the <laughs> round of <laughs> This is the most wild ass bracket I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Next, we've got Kevin Kisner versus Justin Rose. She has Kevin Kisner taking down Justin Rose. 
which I suppose in that matchup I would too. Um, Sensible. Sensible. That JT isn't there, that I think is more confounding. Um, down to the Kevin Na versus Cameron Tringali matchup, uh, which I'm sure will have fireworks as well. Um, <laughs> we have Kevin Na taking it. Um, <sighs> two missed cuts. So we have a Kevin Kevin matchup in the <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I mean, fucking sick. Um, but we're going to head over to the other side. We have a Goliath matchup between John Rom, world number one, and Dick Bland. <laughs> <laughs> and Haley has John Rom taking it. I, I can't Thank believe it. Lord. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Lord. <laughs> next, we've got Ian Poulter versus Christian Buzadenhut. Um you know, this is an interesting one. Uh, I think a lot of people would love to see this matchup out there. I know a lot of people have been rooting for this. These two, you know, rivaled foes go at each other. Their long history of battling it out. Uh, she's got Christian Bizet and upsetting, uh, you know, Ian Poulter, even though they do have... It makes sense. I mean, of course she does. Christian Bizet actually has a higher world ranking, which is bizarre. But, uh, you know... She, she to me it's an upset um going on over to the other side we have an incredible uh stroke of luck for these two gentlemen you know takumi kanaya besting louis states and, and brian Harmon taking down Kyle morikawa we have an insane matchup in the quarterfinals of the match play between brian Harmon and takumi <laughs> kanaya and she's got brian Harmon taking down takumi i mean believe it or not uh she's got that pick under you know brian Harmon is on her team her fantasy team well she's shown some favoritism there i suppose but she also didn't <laughs> choose russell henley she went with kevin Noss, so she's not completely faithless or completely faithful to her her squad so I, I i respect the pick i think it's not completely biased um over to the kevin on kevin matchup uh you know this one's going to be real tough you know these guys both stretch right above five seven uh a piece uh they're going to be Giants walking down those fairways, but the early walk in Kevin Na takes down Kevin Kisner um, wow. in, in this matchup. So we've got two incredible, incredible semifinal matches to to watch out here. I think ratings will be higher than ever. Um, it's going to be <laughs> John Rom versus Christian Bezainhut in the semifinals. At which point, John Rom will take down Christian Bezainhut. Believe it or not. Well, the world number wow. one makes it to the finals in this in this draft, believe it or not. Um, you probably wouldn't have expected it from how she built out her round robin, but yeah, John Rom does make it to the end of this uh, this this match play event. Um, on the semifinal side, we've got Brian Harmon versus Kevin Na. I mean, who would have picked it any differently? You know, uh, to be honest with you, I think we've all made a great nobody having these guys here in the semifinals. Um, between Brian Harmon and Kevin Na, she's got Brian Harmon taking it. So that's right, folks. We've got world number one, John Rom taking on world number 44, Brian Harmon. Uh, Love in it. Finals. I couldn't imagine two different games combating each other. They're both opposite in style. A lefty and a righty. It's, it's unbelievable. Staying on opposite sides of the ball. Uh, it's going to be an incredible watch without question for this one. Um, but and first, so she in third place. Okay. Um, we've got Christian Bezadeho versus Kevin Naw. And, you know, I, you could tell that she wanted to ride this guy all the way to the end, but she knew third place was a great consolation for the Naw dog taking Kevin Naw. 
to win bronze at this match play event. Um, you know, respectable finish for Kevin Na. Um, coming back from his back back missed cuts. That's a big paycheck for him. I'm sure he'll be very thrilled with that. And Christian Bazano, he'll be happy he even made it there, you know, making it all the way to the fourth place spot. Mm-hmm. But let's get to the the marquee event, the the prime rib of this dinner um that we're chowing down on. We have she John obviously Ron. has Brian Harmon. She has John Rom versus Brian Harmon. And the world number one can't scratch it out against Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon takes this match play event. <laughs> In a nail-biting victory, you know, it's a Cinderella story. The rule number one can't close the deal on Sunday to just the unstoppable force that is Brian Harmon. And, folks, that is your final bracket breakdown on this Out of the Rough Golf podcast for the Dell Match Play event starting this week in Austin, Texas. I hope you had a wonderful time listening to this podcast. Any closing thoughts from you fellows listening to the Haley's Bracket as we uh, close this thing out? I mean, I just can't think of a better overall bracket than that one. I mean, good fucking gosh. That was amazing. Brian Harmon with the win. Um, I can't wait to watch it all unfold just the way she picked it because, like I said, PGA Tour is going to reach out to one person, one person only, and that's her. So, um, I mean, it's crazy that, something like that could happen potentially, you know, like, I don't know. It's just match play is a wild thing. Hey, you know, look at March madness. You know, there's a lot of unlikelies out there right now. Uh, you know, so it, it is what it is. People make it through that you wouldn't think make it through. I'll be interested to see what happens. Um, I do think that I probably have the best bracket of everyone, but you know, that may be home court advantage in my own mind, you know, um, you have whatever home court you... in your own mind. Yes. That should exactly. go tombstone. I've got home court advantage in my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, boys, I will say it's been fun. This was a long you know, one, but a worthy one in its length because we've got ourselves some really interesting projections out here that I'm, I'm stoked to follow. And we've got it all, you know, immortalized on this podcast. You know, best of luck to Haley and the rest of our bracket builders. Imagine if wait. Haley ends up getting it just spot on perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> Down, that's down like that's that's like book. past one in a million that's like one in like 50 billion but <laughs> i think that she's got a chance <laughs> there's always a chance um, we'll see we'll see well that's All uh right. that's our out of the rough golf podcast on the dell match play event here in austin texas thanks everyone for listening and uh you know, we can't wait to recap this result and Haley's victory uh, <laughs> when this is all said and done. Enjoy the extra long week of golf at a pretty awesome golf course with unbelievable weather with some of the best players in the world. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Ta-ta for now. Later. Deuces. Later. Later.